This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Tip for you this morning in particular, Kathy, do not go in the bathrooms today. Why? You know, the well, water, I know there's no water. Why? There's no water. Are people still pooping and leaving just, it in just there? doing number one at least, but right. that smell, the, the men's bathroom? No, it, it's an Have unpleasant. Have in there? Uh, no, I refuse yeah. to. It's, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. it, it smells like a kitty litter box. It just reeks of, of, of urine. And I know you in particular, yep. I'd back off of the liquids. Okay. Until well, that's now right. my concept no of actually having a human litter box here doesn't seem so stupid, <laughs> does it? It's nasty. Uh, so I thought I'd All right. okay, pass thank that you. tip along to you. Warning for me. Alright, so our next guest appeared on both the US and UK versions of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Both Awesomely funny shows. Yes. I loved both versions of that. Please welcome Mr. Greg Proops to our show. Yes. Hello, Philadelphia. Good morning, Greg. How are I you? really never followed the broken bathroom a warning before. It's pretty <laughs> exciting, man. We want to appreciate break, it. Break new ground for you this yeah, morning. Yeah, thank you, man. Where are you originally from, by the way? Back off is the answer to that question, <laughs> Preston. Wow. Why don't you take five, bro? Hey. Wow. I'm from San Francisco, man. I'm from San Francisco. <laughs> really? From San yeah. Francisco? Yeah. And it, but you ended up, as far as whose line is it anyway, uh, the UK version was first uh, before, obviously, uh, Drew Carey hosted the show here. Yes, Did, before the dead weight, yes. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you lovingly refer to him as, the dead weight? Well, he's thin now, so it's yeah. formerly two and a half men. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you went over to the UK? To, I did, to yeah. To do your comedy uh, we, we, uh, they, they came to San Francisco and auditioned, thank goodness, and then uh, I went over there. I lived there for about five years, and uh, I was just there a couple weeks ago, in fact, working oh. again. And you've, you've, all the Who's Line guys. You've worked a, a fair amount over there, and, and I was reading a bit about your your uh, transition over to, uh, to England and working there. How long before you got down some of the local vernacular and I mean because there are things there's nuance involved to making people laugh over there that there you're sure is. you had to become aware of how long before you picked up on it well I mean I did uh, I, I did like four tours in a row there and about a million uh, Edinburgh festivals so okay. fairly quickly it's like trial by fire you, you you fail a couple times on stage and you learn very quickly that, <laughs> that it's windscreen and chemist well, well was there a point in time <laughs> at which <laughs> that you say boot instead boot, of right, right, right. Yes. What, was there oh, a point? and you can say bum a fag there and it means something entirely different <laughs> <laughs> was there a point in time which uh, somebody did come to you and say, could you come over here, by the way? That no, no, okay, no. I yeah. picked it up pretty quick. Okay. I, I, you know, as soon as you're there, the one thing you can't pick up is the accent. You don't want to be Madonna. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you, yes. you know, I lived there for five years, and you, all of a sudden you don't want to be talking like this, do you? Oh, yeah, yeah. people are like, where are you from? <laughs> the middle of the Atlantic? <laughs> right. Uh, so, no, as my wife said to me, they want you to be American. That's why you're there. And right. that's what I have to sell when I'm there is that I'm not one of them. So I have some perspective on them. Sure. Uh, and I think that's what they like about it. We have a new show now on ABC. It was on uh, Wednesday night. I, was, I caught a bit of it, uh, yeah. Justice it, it, with Your Life. That's a new improv show we're doing. Yeah, and it's, it's it has some of the similar aspects plus a couple of new things. The show yeah. off the black guy's on it, Wayne Brady. Uh, the older fellow, uh, Colin, I think his name is. Yeah, he's Colin on Mark it. Rage. And I'm on it. And Jonathan Mangum, who's Wayne Brady's biotch, he's on it as well. And Fred Willard is the host. It was pretty fun. We had Serena Williams on the other night. Uh, fresh from her Wimbledon victory. We shot it in England last year. I have no idea why, but we did. But we, it shows in America. How is Wayne Brady? Do you like working with him? I do. He's a very gentle lover. And uh, he doesn't... Uh, <laughs> well, uh, he's, he's, he's quite a funny guy. Well, worst interview we've ever had, ever, in the history, in the 15-some-odd years of show. Oh, Wayne Brady? Yeah. Was he here live, or was it on no, the phone? No, it's on, it's the, on phone. the phone. And just not engaging, not interested. Not nice. Not nice. Wow. Yeah. 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 Man, and, I'm going to call him. And, and, and there are a few other uh, <laughs> friends of mine in the in, in the radio industry who uh, concurred with that as well. So, so I, am I being blamed for the sins of the show-off <laughs> black guy? No, no, no. 
You no, came I in here, here, you were good. In my purity with my incandescence, <laughs> ready to show nothing but love and beneficence, the laying on of hands, the curing of people, and I no, like you're, you're hard with the Wayne Brady brush. Hey, You've you already reached God like status. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we want to say. We, no, we maybe were just he was curious. having a bad morning. You know, sometimes yeah. if his Fruit Loops are stale or whatever, he'll just throw a hissy. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. For uh, for years of doing, I did some improv stuff for uh, with a troupe for a while, and and you really develop a story. You're very good friends with Colin Mockery, correct? I he's okay, he's yeah. okay. But I mean, in an improv situation, I mean, if you like that kind of thing, everyone has your back or should have your back. It's a good, it's a very fraternal, very good thing, and you, I assume you develop very strong friendships because of that. Not the way I am with them. No, uh, for me, I feel like when you have the kind of sexual dynamism that I have, that yeah. really I've been carrying them up a hill for the last 10, oh, 15 really? years. Uh, like a husky pulling a refrigerator <laughs> behind me. It's been, first of all, Drew, you gotta be kidding me. What right. an albatross. And then uh, the rest of these guys, as you can see, uh, they're showing it on the video right yeah. now. What I've got is unbelievable. And then the rest of them are like, okay, it's alright. Yeah. Um, no, I... Uh, yeah, of course. We're all really good friends. The, the horrible part is I work with all of them all the time. Uh, I, I'm in a group with Ryan. He's the tall one. Yes, uh, yes. And, uh, 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 and Jeff Davis and Chip Eston. And um, uh, we have a group together. I just was in England, and I did a gig with all the Who's Line guys. Uh, every variation thereof, the comedy store players in London and stuff. So I see them all, and I'm still buddies with Drew. I just did a show with him a couple weeks ago. So sadly, there's no scandal. We don't actually hate each other. If only we could get on heroin and fight more, <laughs> then I think we could have that reality show that we deserve. It's just right there. Because who lives in this apartment anyway? Right. Show where yeah, I'm, like, I'm sleeping with Colin, and then I yell at him, and I, you know. I guess because of the launch of the new show, there was a post, I think it was on Huffington Post the other day. It was a uh, top 10 uh, whose line is it anyway? Um, Colin Mockery moments, and, and I, it just got me on Really? A, There's ten? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were all two, maybe three. Yeah. But those just, are offstage, bro. <laughs> it just got me on a YouTube kick of Whose Line Is It? And I, uh -huh. I, I love the version. I had an, a bit of an observation about it. It seemed like you and Colin, Greg, were the steadiest. You guys didn't falter as much. You didn't crack up at the other guys making you laugh. Is, is that accurate? Or am I just... Uh, I would have said that I laugh all the time. I can barely hold a character. I'm a terrible uh, performer in that regard. We'll be in the middle of a sketch, and I'll just laugh. Uh, I, uh, more like on the old Carol Burnett show. But maybe we didn't. Uh, 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 you watched it more than I did. I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> You're I trying to get away from it, yeah. Uh, I think it's funny to laugh at the other people when they're being funny. That's the other thing is I find them wildly amusing. Uh, so, Well, you know, Lorne Michaels, as the legend goes, uh, SNL, it just absolutely hates when they break up during a skit. I happen to enjoy it. I, I do too. enjoy I that, old, that old Tim Conway, Harvey Corman dynamic. Me too. That's yeah. the, I, th I love that. And to me, if they're being funny, I mean, when I'm on stage with these guys, I just laugh. I don't care. I mean, who cares if you're a dentist in an improv sketch? <laughs> no one in the crowd's going like, my God, he broke character. He's supposed to be a dentist. Right, yeah. Where's the professionalism? <laughs> For me, it's funny. And Lauren yeah. Michael, wow, whatever. If you could just put more hacky to characters together and make another crap movie out of it, you know, he'll probably die a happy man while the rest of us wallow in his misery. Greg, you know, your, your YouTube highlight video is like 11 minutes long. That's pretty long. Is it really? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know I had a YouTube you highlight video. <laughs> Wow, that's exciting! But uh, it, eleven whole minutes of me in in the in the world of that's improv. A, that's a lifetime, really. Yeah, it is <laughs> dog years. The the in the improv world, and, and I think the audience as as a whole likes to see and know that it's being done on the spot. You know that it's, I used to do a lot of pre-recorded bits, but I just kind of riff stuff now on air, and people seem to enjoy that more. Uh, but one thing I did notice, and I, I've seen a lot of times with improv acts. 
is that when they call out to the audience, the audience tends to call out the same stuff. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, no, over, over and over and over again. Blender. Yeah, right. Proctologist. Yeah. Those are probably the two top ones in England. Toilet brush. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you try to just, you know, look around those and go to the other ones. But I always take the first thing. Well, we were doing one a couple weeks ago in London, and we got a brothel. And everybody went, oh, no, no, no. And I went, yeah, we'll take brothel. I yeah. heard it. And we did it. And then I turned to everybody and went, why don't we do it funny? <laughs> right, and right. then they right. don't think it's hack. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Like, well, don't take that. It's a bad suggestion. I go, there's not a bad suggestion. Bad improv is what right. happens after those suggestions. You also do a lot of uh, voiceover work. Have done. Uh, I'm available for it. If anyone here in Philadelphia, um, Rolling Rock, it's delicious. See, that's yeah, um, <laughs> Try no, it's no. got foam and it comes in a bottle. You're in. You're in. Um, and I assumed, obviously, you, you're in the Phantom Menace. You're the two-headed uh, race caller. I am. In the Really? Yeah, if, you're, if you're enormous and live with your parents or you're at Comic-Con this weekend in San Diego, then you will know this. Uh, if you have to be lifted by a crane upon the moment of your demise and buried in a piano case, you will know that I was in The Phantom Menace, uh, which is, of course, the most superb of all the Star Wars movies. Horrible, horrible accident destroyed a good deal of the plot. Uh, but I'm in the part where the Jedi crash land on a planet, and rather than use their Jedi power to fix their ship, they enlist a five-year-old in a death-defying gambling race against aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so, in any case, I'm in that part, and I, I get to go, uh, what is it? Uh, well, I don't care what universe you're from, that's got to hurt and all that stuff. So I'm the pod race announcer, yeah. I have and then to I did it for know, the video game this year. And you did? Okay. And, uh, I mean, but I assume Lucas, you were taking direction from Lucas. It had to be a little awe-inspiring. You mean to be- George? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I did. George was there. We shot it in uh, Leavesden in, outside of London. And what was that? I mean, you, I assume you're a genre fan to begin with at some level. I, I like sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't live my life reading graphic novels or anything like that. Okay. But I, do, I, I like Star Wars okay. I like Star Trek better because that's what I grew up with. Okay. Uh, but um, it was it was a great fun to do Star Wars, and it's awesome to be part of it. I still get letters from Denmark every week of my life. You know what I mean? Oh, Once I you're part of it, the people who love it are completists. Wow. Uh, and I have, there's one cat in L.A., uh, and he has a poster, and it has everyone's signature that's ever been it, including Alec Guinness. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, Peter Cushing, you know, a lot of the passed away characters and stuff. You know, it's the original one from the first movie. Yes. He had me sign that, too, and I was like, how did you do this? It's amazing. You know, and moreover, why did you do this? But he's insane, and they they love it. So it, it was great fun to do. And, and, the again, voice? and they just came out in 3D again this year, so yeah. it's like my career keeps getting resurrected every few years. <laughs> no, but, but you were the video game or the You were the voice of, of Bob the Builder as well? For yeah, for the Project Builder series, uh, and I'm doing the voice. People go do do uh, Bob the Builder, and sadly, I am doing Bob the Builder. I, this is it would be like, uh, well done, Preston. You recycled. Yeah. Wow. If you have a two year old, I'm hot I haven't with the watched underforce. Bob in a long time. Several well, years. I have three kids, but I haven't watched. Bob well, they only watch until they're about three or four. And then yeah, they yeah. drop Bob. Bob's early on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny because I recognize your voice right away from Star Wars and from uh, Bob the Builder. I have a five year old now, but yeah. he, when we watched. Bob the Builder when he was younger. It was, uh, and then when we watched Phantom Menace, he was like, you know, he he put the connection together. So it's um it's a very distinct voice. And I'm awesome with the young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they could only buy alcohol and come to comedy clubs, <laughs> that's the problem. 
problem with the young I find. They refuse to be 21. Uh, Horrible about that. Hey, I have a question about whose line and one of the suggestions that, that you guys give. Actually, the props that you would do. Uh-huh. They give you a prop and you make up uh, various statements or a comedy moment about that. Did you guys, did they? Did you know what props were going to be used beforehand? Um, Drew would rehearse us wearing this leather teddy. And he would whip <laughs> us steadily with this cat of nine tails that was soaked in brine. It was a very arduous God, process. I had no idea. Yeah, it was pretty hectic. Wow. Uh, no, we never, we never knew what we were going to say ever. We knew where we okay. were going to stand and we knew what games we were going to play. Okay. Uh, because of camera blocking. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I was going to be in a game with Ryan or I knew I was going to be in a game with Wayne or whatever. The show off, he black guy. And uh, <laughs> then we'd have to come down stage. And that was it. But everything that came out of our mouths, we made up. Okay. So there, we really did do it. And the reason we can do it is because we did it a lot. There were <laughs> English things that I just didn't, like... I, I, I'm like I don't even know what that is. Like a twiglet. Yeah, and, and you know they, they, you know, you know, shout out a theme, and they'd say something. I'm like, I don't even know what that right. is. Who's Torval and Dean, and right. why is everybody laughing at that? Right, right, right. right. Torval and Dean were a skating team. Uh-huh. I did more John Major jokes when I was on the old <laughs> UK Who's line because I could do John Major. He was their former prime, prime minister. minister. Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about the fact that they they enjoy getting your perspective uh, on them. What, what what do Brits like most to be made fun of on? Well, I mean, I'm always telling them, you know, I don't know how you guys build a castle because you can mess up a cheese toasty. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, I, I think right now uh, the fact that they, you know, like the, if I was there this instant, I'd be talking about the fact that they've got like ground to air missiles on their apartment buildings for the Olympics. They do. I don't think I'm not. Sure sure what they think is going to happen during the Olympics. But then remember, this is a country where last year they had riots, and uh, the Prime Minister and the Mayor of London said they rushed back to London when they came back like four days later. I don't know what your definition of rushing is, but if you're two hours away from London, it doesn't take four days to get back there. You don't have to take a donkey anymore. You can actually get on a plane and boom, be right back in London on the same day. When you're out out and about, are you recognized... I mean, a lot. Almost incessantly. I can barely get down the street there. All I do is high five and receive uh, baskets of fishes and chips. Really? Like a queen, really. I assume you're a fucking hand pal. I'm like a queen. I wear a white glove and I wave and I have a bonnet and I carry a bag. (laughs) Sometimes I'm rich and I'm on a boat. (laughs) That's wild. The thing about English with all those ceremonies and everything that Americans enjoy so much is, what do I say? They do the pass so well because they kept the costumes. I mean, yeah. When you see them, they're wearing sure. swords and giant Napoleon hats and whatever. And it's like, where did you get all those? And they've got them in a big warehouse somewhere. One of the things you did that I think is, is brilliant, by the way, and is reading up about it, and I remember you'd mentioned this in a couple of interviews, is you've, you've claimed for a long time to have an ocelot, right? I do have an ocelot. Right, it's right. Lovely animal. <laughs> Just watching them frisk around the lawn in Los Angeles. But you, you picked a perfect animal because people aren't quite sure what it is. And okay, yeah, he probably does have an ocelot. It's good. I believe that I have an ocelot, and I want everyone to believe it. The hell's an ocelot? An ocelot is a small uh, a cat, a stripy yeah. cat. If you go on Google, uh, you can see they, they live in the... There's one. Yeah. They oh, live they in live the Southwest and the Mexico and oh, Central America. Yeah. They're yeah, little cats of prey. They're, it's really not a domesticated uh, pet. It's a scary look. Kind yeah. of like nocturnal-ish, right? 
Uh, I think so, when they're up at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they're not they shine a light on yeah. and they freak yeah. out, I know that. Right, right. But they're very cuddly. Uh, no. My ocelot, Justin, is just the sweetest little thing. It's I Justin. think he's a lesbian. Oh, really? really? Yeah, my he's ocelot. He's a lesbian. Well, just like Justin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I saw this on, on the info sheet you gave me about your uh, The Smartest Man in the World uh, podcast, and there's a quote from Rolling Stone magazine that says, Here he is, though, in front of a live audience each week, bravely recording some of the boldest comedy on the podcasting frontier. Wow. How about that, eh? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I've got a lot of nice write-ups. Doing the podcast has been the most amazing thing I've done in my entire comedy. Uh, I'd like to laughingly refer to it as a career. Uh, I I think it's because you connect immediately with people. They listen uh, like on the radio. It's very intimate. It's like a phone Mm -hmm. conversation. So I think people really respond. We jumped on the podcasting immediately. As soon as that technology became available, we we put this show up for podcasts, which was kind of like there were... The the radio higher-ups didn't quite understand. Why, why didn't you we put were... up your best, uh, you know, interview or fifteen or twenty minutes of the show? Don't want to give them everything. Our mindset was give them everything. If, yeah, they, if, if they want to, if they're coming actively seeking your product, give it to them. Uh, this is it, the new paradigm, and I think old show business has a, a hard time dealing with it. They're like, well, how do you monetize it? And it's yeah. like, well, you have to understand that young people today don't care what time anything is on. Mm-hmm. They just want it when they want it. Right. I, I have people go to me with hold up their phone and go, if it's not here and I can't show it to my friends instantly, it doesn't exist. Right? Well, it, it, ser- it served <laughs> us that way because getting people to break out of their normal listening habits yeah. and, it, and try a show. But if you say to someone at 2 or 3 o'clock, hey, I, um, I just sent you a, an MP3 of the show, listen to it, they will. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it, it goes back and feeds the product. Can you yeah. go into different towns and stuff and, and fill an audience with people who are podcast fans? Not only can I, Steve, I attempt to almost every week of my life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> including tonight at the Helium. Very nice. Uh, I've made it a component of every single stand-up show that I do. I, I don't go anywhere now that I don't do the podcast because it's become that big of a thing. Right. Very uh, cool. And, and like I say, it, it's really the personal connection. They know you're talking to them, and they know that it's honest and it's from the heart. Uh, there's no corporate – you can't smell a corporate meeting in a podcast. Does the audience participate in your podcast? Absolutely. I do okay. questions with the audience at oh, the cool. end. And I have people email me questions, too, because I'm the smartest man in the world. <laughs> it can be a juggernaut for, like, Mark Mayron, who's, uh, who's parlayed it. And Doug Absolutely. Benson, and you've, I know you've done those, those shows as well. It, it, yeah, it, it is a cool thing. Uh, um where, where do you normally, when you're doing the show, is it always from the road, or do you have a setup at home as well? I do one in Los Angeles at various clubs in L.A., but uh, I try to do it everywhere I go. Uh, I'm here this week. In two weeks, I'm in Vegas. Uh, week before last, I was in... Um, uh uh, Dublin, Ireland. I did it in London the week before that, and then Washington, D.C. the week before that. So I try to go all over the world with it. Cool. I've been, I've been able to do it in Australia, New Zealand, uh, in the Caribbean. I did a cruise with Louis Black last year. We did it on a cruise ship off St. Martin. I wanted to ask you about fun. that. What, what is And that's catching on, that stuff. That like uh, To me, the concept of the cru- a cruise with Louis Black seems like the, the, the least likely person to find in the sun. Jews in terry cloth. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on the and Lido deck. It was supposedly a hit. It went over well, right? It was great. Fun. Yeah. Uh, Lewis is amazing, and uh, we, yeah, it was like f- a week on a boat in the Caribbean well, with a bunch of giant people. And uh, <laughs> giant people. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. You know how people in America want to grow so big that they replace the bison that once roamed here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're riding around in rascals with uh, with giant, uh, you know, soda pop things and everything. Yeah. But it, it was a dedicated comedy crowd. Like, not everybody on the cruise could come to the show. It was about five hundred people out of the however many thousand people on the boat. Right. Ship. 
boat ship. If it's over 65 feet, it's a ship. Okay, it's a ship. Uh, uh, Although not every ship that I've ever been on has a water slide and a giant video screen (laughs) and a bar on every corner. Right. Uh, In any case, so they would come every night, the same 500 people, and and we did different shows every night. And they wanted me to headline one night, and I said, I don't want to headline. Let me do the podcast. And it was perfect for a ship because I just sit at a desk with a microphone and a glass of vodka and talk for an hour and then take questions. So at one of those where you have the concentrated audiences is, is part of this makeup on, on the ship. Can you relax like it's a, a little bit of a vacation for you or are you constantly having... In the cabin. Have, oh, yeah. no, yeah. It was fun anyway. Like, yeah, you have your own cabin and you have your own uh, uh, balcony and right. whatnot. So I could go out there uh, and... Um, Smoke things, and then I was, you know, <laughs> and, and had fun on my own uh, as well. My wife was with me, uh, which you know put a cramp in me hitting on two. <laughs> but uh, damn it, it was it was fun. Uh, the, the thing is, though, people always say how delicious food is on cruise ships, and I didn't find that. It's mm. voluminous. It's not always delicious. Yeah, there's a lot of it. So yeah. I'm go to the the buffet one day, right? And I go, <laughs> and there's a sign on the fish that says "Catch of the Day." Now, mind you, we've been out five days in the Atlantic, right? right yeah. So I go, and I. I didn't see anyone fishing off the back like Tom Sawyer. Right. I go, what is the catch of the day? And the guy goes, catfish. And I'm like, those were recently caught, were they? Like, we're in the Caribbean. Right. My family's from Mississippi. That's where catfish come from. Right. I'm like, catch of the day? Right. How about thawed catch right. of right. the day? Right. Exactly. Were, you, were you witness to the phenomenon of the, the midnight feeding that cruise ships do? They'll do this late night snack thing? Yeah, I, I did. I was drinking pretty steadily. At oh my that god! Point. But yeah, it's pretty wild. It's, it's like it's like the Morlocks hitting the siren, <laughs> right? And, and, and the people just they just do it robotically. <laughs> it's just wild. Thank you for making a Morlock reference. <laughs> if only the people on the ship looked like the Eloy and were blonde and attractive, right, yeah. and could be abused. They yeah, weren't. No. Uh, uh, yeah, there's midnight feedings. They booze you up as hard as possible and give you as much soda as humanly. Uh, True. But then you can kind of taste that the bread's been frozen. That's what's weird. <laughs> Like, you'd eat toast in the morning, and it had kind of a hard quality, and you're like, toast doesn't feel like this at home. Well, yeah. it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for coming by. I really appreciate you having me on and giving me this much time to uh, poison the people of Philadelphia. <laughs> no Please don't hit scan while you're driving around out there. And no. if you're on the Walt Whitman Bridge, kiss them for me. Yes. <laughs> well, we're a big fans, so thanks for coming by. Greg Proops, everybody. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay right there. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There's a piece of audio that we wanted to play for you. Steve, I only saw a snippet. They actually had it on news this morning. Yeah, and I, when I saw it, Preston, I thought, okay, this is going to be a goofy, fun, a yeah. funny thing, a riff. And I started playing, and I'm like, oh, my God, I like this song. I got a little choked up I watching did too. it, right? I, okay. Watching a little bit of the video, I did as well, because, man... I loved Mr. Rogers as a kid. I absolutely loved him. I was not a huge Mr. Rogers fan, but I appreciate the way he communicated with kids. Yeah. And it is on full display, beautifully done, in this video that has, believe it or not, a very catchy song. Okay. It's Mr. Rogers' auto-tune. All right, let's roll some of this because I want to check it out. Here we go. My neighbor, 
Welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? Well, maybe if I press this button. This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here. And there's nothing written on it. So we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary things? Do you ever imagine things? Do you imagine things you'd like to have? Like to Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark and wonder what they were? What they were? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? In the garden of your mind. You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. They'll grow. And it's adorable, oh, for God's sakes. It's beautiful. It's cool. yeah. Imagine every person that you see is somewhat different, different from every other person in the world. Some can do some things. Some can do, some can do others. Do Did you ever think of the many things you've learned to do? Many things you've learned. Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? Like it. It is like just it beautiful. The wow. story of of, of uh, Mr. Rogers is so uh, profound because when the the PBS executives and, and went and visited him before the show in that military prison, and, what? And he he had been he had had he had gone to the snapping point, and he was the kind of guy, and they'd found him on the field. He had that necklace full of human ears. Stop it! And he said, "There's got to be something different. There's got to be more." And uh, that guy, that PBS guy, saw yeah, yeah. there's something in this man, yeah. something honest and pure. He was able to look past the human ear necklace. Despite the villages burned down and right. the whole thing, yeah. there's something there good was something inside. good in this man. Right. Yeah. And uh, and the moment of epiphany, the change in him from the, 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 the brutal loose cannon killer, the, the war machine. Stop it. Was when he put on the red sweater. Right. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that that song was produced by PBS Digital Studios, so oh, it's really? not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's a, sort of sanctioned, right? It is I sanctioned. Guess, yeah. it, wow. it, I would listen to that song in my car. Um, other than having the ugliest apartment in the history of the world, <laughs> Mister Rogers, you know what I dug about his? He had a uh, a street light on his uh, on the wall. Yeah, he had he had the full on you know green, yellow, and red light. And I always thought that was so cool. When I was You're right, though. That, that was his apartment oh, was the worst. Oh, it, was just, it was the 70s when they yeah, at the it. time it was kind of hip and cool. I just love the way the, the cute little things, like in his in his closet, he had uh, where you you normally hang the the coats. There were those handcuffs, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you remember the story of the um, when they put the sex doll in his closet? The, yes. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and this is a legit story. And All so right. I don't know if it was an anniversary or a special show or whatever, but he would come in every time, yeah. open up the closet, yeah. put on change his shoes or whatever, take his sweater. Off. And he just came in one time, and they had a full-on sex doll, blow-up doll in there. And he he ran with it. He, he yeah. danced around the apartment with it. He <laughs> really? Was, is oh, there a yeah. video of it? There might be somewhere, Kathy. Oh, but it's just one of those stories that. where um, he had fun with it, too. Oh, he, I just I remember, I mean, it was Sesame Street and then Mr. Rogers every day. Yeah, and then off to college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Put, put line four on hold, because I need to find out if this was uh, one of the urban legends about Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, let me go to Dan. Hey, Dan, good morning. Hi, Hello? Dan, you're on the air, bud. Hello? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I met, well, 
Mr. Rogers was a war uh, war hero. Okay. He, actually, he actually saved Lee Marvin's life when they were overseas. He did it on a talk show, I forget, years and years ago. I think, as the story goes, he threw uh, the comedian Buddy Hackett on top of a hand grenade. Oh, right. it saved and the entire... And saved Lee and, Marvin's life. And Buddy was so fat that it didn't kill him. It didn't. I mean, he was upset. Right. Certainly. Rightly so. And then later on, they, they hashed it out. And All right. The, let, let's settle this. We, we pulled up the, the Wikipedia page. Just, uh, or just do a search on human ear necklaces. <laughs> Mr. Rogers should pop right up to the top. Uh, let's see if he's got anything in his bio about a military career. Uh, Nick, let me know if you see anything. Or Snopes would be a good. I think I think Snopes completely discounts it. I don't see anything about him being in the military. Do you, Nick? Nope. Yeah, I think th- I think that's been one of those rumors over the years that he was a, a sniper. He was a Marine sniper. I, yeah, I, mean, the, I think the most you'd get would be the Salvation Army, if anything. Right. Uh, he, but the way. I love, and then you hear it in the video, or you hear it in the song, the way he talked to kids. I mean, Kathy, when you would watch him, would you would you believe that he was talking directly to you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just remember loving the show. But, yeah, how he would talk directly into right. the camera was talking to you. And then when he went to that, you know, make-believe world or whatever it was mm-hmm. with the train. And, oh, that was just the... I, I did want the train. I remember that. Yeah, there's a trolley. It's not trolley. A train. Yes, a trolley. yes, yes. Sorry, Nick. Sorry. And then he, he blew it up. He put dynamite. No, I don't. I don't remember any of the stuff you're talking about. I know. You I have a bad memory. Though, I was a lot older. I was able to remember the stuff you weren't picking up on. Yeah, okay. By the way, when they went to the land of make believe, um, Lady Elaine. Definitely a lesbian. Oh, yeah, you think? definitely. Kind of weird. Yeah, a weird. She kind of scared me a little. Bit. Uh, yeah, me too. And by the way, Mister Rogers voiced all those characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. every one of them. Yeah, he yep. was the one who was the awesome. the owl and uh, King Lady Friday Lane and King Friday and the cat and, and Dorcas Butt Whistle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's here's Snopes. Uh, here's one of the claims, and it doesn't involve Mister uh, Mister Rogers. It involves Lee Marvin. Actor and Bob Keeshan, television's Captain Kangaroo, yes. fought together at Iwo Jima. Now, here's the truth. Actor Lee Marvin fought in the Pacific Theater during World War II, received a Purple Heart, and is buried in Arlington National Cemetery. False. Lee Marvin and Bob Keeshan uh, fought together in the Battle of Iwo- for Iwo Jima. That's what it says. I don't even know if, if uh, Captain Kangaroo was a... Uh, he, he, was, he, got, he became he a captain in the Navy. No, really? no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he was military at all. Yeah. I think just the... We need a kangaroo division. (laughs) (laughs) Not actual kangaroos. Australian theater. Right. Uh, But I I don't think... uh, No, Mr. Rogers, that that was pretty... uh, That's bogus uh, information about him. You know, with the human ears and <laughs> killing babies. He was colorblind. <clears throat> was he? Yeah, he was colorblind, and he was an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church. And he was a great piano player. Yeah, from what I understand, like he a, was like also an accomplished jazz pianist yeah. and a ninth level ninjutsu master. He was not. <laughs> yes, he was. So weird. Here. He was a ninja. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's this? This is uh, Mr. Rogers playing the piano in concert. He's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's harder than it sounds. Do you imagine? I always try to imagine him at the point if he ever had a moment where he melted down and freaked got out. freaked out. But I couldn't see him doing that. You know, it was so calm yeah. all the time. And carry anyway, how? Let me go to. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He was a TV yeah. star. You know what I mean? Have, have you ever farted and have it come out two holes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're about to. <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. What? You ever farted and had it come out two holes? You've ruined well, all my childhood memories. You're, you're about to. If you have with my sweaters again. Let me go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. 
Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? What's up, Chris? Hey, so I heard a rumor a long time ago that under that sweater, he was covered in tattoos. Is oh, shut up. <laughs> it was all prison tattoos. He had, <laughs> he had spider webs on his elbows. Right. And he had and a teardrop. The they teardrops, covered it up with makeup. Kathy, you're so right. right. They had to use, they use actually, before, it's the same stuff that the Kardashians are selling now. <laughs> and he was covered in tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> And a Prince Albert. A Prince Albert, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's how he got the trolley to run. He would hold the metallic uh, thing in his penis against the track, and that would let Oh, my God. Yeah. You didn't yeah. know that, did you? No. That is true, though. Well, that was always true. They Snopes never, is, uh, he said yes. True. They never showed him from the waist down when they brought the trolley out. We've heard, you know, the, as the history goes, we talked about this before. He, he, he was exactly that guy. Yeah. He was that... Uh, you know, very, uh, there was it's something magical about the way he would converse, you know, not in the, yeah. not in the Michael Jackson, you know, creepy way. He, no. he, he understood, um, he knew how to talk to kids. Yeah. And, 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 and listen, it's hard to do. It really is. I still, <laughs> even a father of three, when I see, uh, <clears throat> people who have kids and they come up and I don't know them. Uh, if I'm going to converse with them, sometimes it's easy. Other times, it's like really hard to talk on their level. Do you know, and God, God bless you as parents for doing that. And I, um, uh, you don't do it. I, I, I talk to them as adults. Right. Yeah, to, to, no, I, and I understand I'm that. In, in a fun way, the, that's why the thing of, uh, hey, Billy's here. Talk to talk to Uncle Steve. And it's like, you know, and the kid is virtually incapable of speaking to begin with, and they put them on the phone, and it's like, oh. I know. Please. <laughs> I still have an issue with that, too. I, I, you know, and then I get back on, you just your child must be very dumb because I couldn't understand because he's an infant. <laughs> Wait, Preston, what do you have a problem with? Putting the kid on the phone? Yeah. Oh, okay. With with especially if it's like if I'm calling uh, for it, even my wife, you know, uh, if, if, I, if I'm, I'm in a hurry, I got to get something done right away, and she'll have one of the kids actually answer the phone. <laughs> hey, oh, I love you too. It's great. Can you put your mother on the phone? I got to talk to her right now, please. I'll tell you something though, your kids have very good phone manners. I've called to the house, okay. and they've been ve- every time I've called. Both, well, I assume you let both Parker and Carter yeah, answer this. Point. Answer the phone. Uh, they're very good. Yeah, and they they know the exact stuff to do. We actually have to tell them to answer the phone because uh, when on on Comcast we have our phone line through that, so the phone number will pop up on the TV screen, and I just don't like to answer the phone anymore. No, I, I just don't like to. It's always people who want to talk to you for I some know. reason. I know. You know? I mean, I'm trying, but if to, I'm, calling, I'm trying to not do yeah, things yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, okay? If I'm calling, can you answer? Because if I, your wife answers, I end up on like a half-hour conversation I know. She's a before I get to you. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But you, know she, you know what? She's full of the joy of life, yeah. Yeah, she's, whereas we're just uh, curmudgeons. Right. Like, but, but you need to, you got to introduce it to your kids. They need to know phone etiquette, and at some point you do have to slowly incorporate it. them into do answering the phone. teach that in school anymore? Because I remember clearly in elementary school, specifically in fourth grade, they brought in a, um, a, a phone setup where... One phone was in the um, classroom. Really? The cord ran out to the hallway. We huh. would go out one by one and conduct phone etiquette. Wow. No, yeah. no. No, I haven't heard of that. Uh, hang on. Let me go back. Then to they Mr. would whip us. Let me go to the Mr. Rogers thing. <laughs> let me go to Terry. Hey, Terry, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. You guys rock. Thank yeah. you. Oh, What's going on, Terry? Hey, I had a call to tell you a story about Mr. Rogers. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, my sister had cancer. Um, and she watched Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street every day and all that good stuff. And um, eventually, unfortunately, my sister passed away. And my parents wrote a letter to Mr. Rogers and to Sesame Street. And Mr. Rogers wrote a handwritten letter back to us oh. wow. just saying, you know, how appreciative he was that, um, that he let, you know, that we let 
our daughter, so my, my sister, into his life and that we, you know, allowed him to touch, you know, a part of her life. And, you know, he actually physically parents, so he's an awesome dude. Yeah, Terry, wow. you did get the impression that uh, it was not simply a paycheck yeah. and that he was looking to affect a, a positive change. Yeah. No, he was the real deal. So yeah. I just wanted to pass that along, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. We appreciate Thank you. it. That's yeah. really Bye. nice. Uh, by the way, a number of texts are coming in. One says that he was a, a fluffer uh, at one point. Really? Uh, that I can't believe. Yeah. <laughs> this one says he sold crack to Mr. McFeely. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be true. I think that one's true. I liked Mr. McFeely. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He's cool, too. Yeah, I think he's still around somewhere. Is he? Yeah, doing appearances as Mr. McFeely. Like, I saw him as a com- uh, on a commercial or, or something His story's amazing. <laughs> what? He, oh. he, li- he lives in the area. Did he you? was I'm a sorry. Somali pirate for a while. <laughs> yep. No, Nick, he used to come into the Dilworth Town Inn. <laughs> no way! Yeah. That's when cool. I worked really? there. Really? Yeah. Well, let's get him in, then. Would I would love to talk to Mr. Mm-hmm. McFeely. He talked we about find him. candidly. Uh, uh, they had uh, they jumped aboard an oil tanker, yeah. and and he, of course, it was his job. His job was to kill the captain immediately. Right. He regrets it, and uh, yeah, and yeah. he popped around, and, and and the guy he didn't know the guy the captain had a metal plate in his head, and there was like a spark, and they, he looked at it, and it's at that moment he said, no. This has got to be something different. Really? From here on in, I'm Mr. McFeely. It was the... Because I'm clearly not Mr. McKilly. <laughs> Mr. McKilly. I'm not working as Mr. McKilly. David Newell is his name, Mr. McFeely. And you know who they, they played off of him uh, is in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, I thought it was Raging Bull. No. <laughs> Isn't that his At story? the end of the movie, they take the guy who was the boring kid show host, yeah, yeah. and they turn him into the mailman character who yeah, comes you're to right. Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire and, uh, and uh, trying to turn him into a Mr. McFeely. Which, by the way, and I assume we have this on our website, yes, you do, yeah. uh, a uh, Mrs. Doubtfire trailer. <laughs> and I love it when they do this one. We'll take a comedy trailer movie yeah. and turn it into a horror film. Or the other way around. They'll take a horrific movie and but, turn it into a lighthearted comedy. Like The Shining. Oh, it was they, great. Like, they made The Shining sort of a Hugh Grant yes. romantic sort yeah. of deal. Yes. Yeah. No, this, they've taken Mrs. Doubtfire, and it surprisingly, <laughs> they have very easily turned it into like a thriller, a twist. Like up. a cross-dressing, yeah. dress yeah. to kill. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you got to watch it. It's less than two minutes long. It's they, on PrestonSteve.com. They took the opening theme song to different strokes and, yeah. and put it to this music. Yes, and they made that look creepy. Like Mr. Drummond uh-huh. was buying these children to make it, turn them into his little sex toys, right? It's yeah. crazy, yeah. Oh, it's sick, man. Which he did, basically. But listen, we no, we got if Mr. McFeely's around, we definitely have to get him uh, on sometime. I'll yeah. find out if he still goes in there. All right. Wait, so he was like a regular deal? Like yeah, he, you could set your clock by him? Uh, no, but I mean, a couple of times. He, oh. he, when I worked there, he came in. I've got nothing else going on in my life. <laughs> Mr. Rogers was on bath salts. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. You remember that when he, he ate, uh, what, Lady Elaine's face? Uh, <laughs> right, right. Let me give us naked. <laughs> you didn't get that on tape, did you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the, there was a young girl that he had on the show. Not oh, young, he, but she was in yeah. her 20s or Carmen something Electra. like that. No. <laughs> But I always thought she was really cute. Yeah, she had long, straight hair. Yeah, real long hair. Uh And she would be in the land of make-believe as well. Yeah, not long enough. When they would go to the land of make-believe somehow or another, she was there. She was never in his apartment. He was a, uh, he had his own kids, right, Uh, Mr. Rogers? I I believe he did. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. He did. Uh, I guess he did. Uh, Let me go to Brad here real quick. Hey, Brad, how you doing? 
Hey, good morning, guys. You guys rock. Thank oh, you. What's going on, Brad? Hey, I wanted to ask you guys, did you ever check out on YouTube the Rap Battles of History with Mr. Rogers versus Mr. T? <laughs> no. I'm not familiar with this. Guys, you got to check it out. It's awesome. It's explicit, but it's good stuff. <laughs> Mr. Rogers as Mr. T. Oh, is yeah, it the guy Mr. who does... Is it Mr. the guy Rogers. who does impressions and he does the rap battles between people? Yes. They're, oh. very, they're very funny. Yeah, okay, I got to see that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll, check I'll, it out. You guys will like it. It's awesome. All right, Thank thanks, you. Brad. I appreciate it. Uh, was it Betty Preston? Betty Aberlin and Lady Aberlin? That's her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, not oh. so cute anymore. Wow. wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, in her, in her defense, she got caught in a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch got old. Ha! Huh. It's great to be back in PBS. <laughs> Please put the hose back in my neck. Oh. <laughs> Don't think we're going to get Mr. McFeely on the show. Now. Yeah, this is not helping. No. Uh-uh. Uh, hang on here. Gene spent the day with Mr. Rogers. Let me go huh. to him. Hey, Gene, how you doing? Okay. By the way, Betty Aberlin actually showed up in um, Kevin Smith's film Dogma. Really? Where? What point? I know that movie well. Uh, you know what? I, I can't remember offhand, but uh, she's in it. Wow. Check, check the IMDb, critic list. Yeah, yeah. Probably tell you. I will yeah. have to look that Dude. up. That's cool, Gene. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. She was also in Zach and Miri Make a Porno, Red State, and Jersey Girls. What? I love Zach and Miri Make yeah. a Porno. She's obviously got to be I, friends I, with I, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Kevin's in town on Wednesday. Then mm-hmm. we call ahead, oh, have him get her in here. Yes. That's our connection to Mr. McFeely. Before we know it, we have Robert De Niro in our show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, why I, am I here again? What was that? <laughs> what? <laughs> One more so time. I, I spent the day there. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, of. I was just going to say, uh, she was a very cool woman. I, I spent the day with um, Mr. Rogers and the whole crew on the set one day, and he's just the way he is on the show. He's just, uh, there's nothing, um, there's no performance. No pretense, there. yeah. Gene, how, how did you end up to uh, go to that? Well, I worked. I used to work on Sesame Street, and I'm a children's book author. And I oh. just, I wrote him a fan letter wow. once, and he ended up, he invited me out to Pittsburgh just to spend the day. That's where the, the studios were, correct? For that, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. Right. And I got to you know play with the puppets behind the sets and all that. It was just a real, really cool day. Wow. Where was the land of make believe and his apartment on the same set? Yeah, they just they would take down the uh, his his. His home set and and build uh, make believe. Oh man, that's so cool! And those are iconic uh, yeah. parts of pop culture. And, 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 and did yeah, any of those any of that stuff end up in the Smithsonian? I don't know. You know, what? maybe the sweater. I yeah. think or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But you know the and then they had the, the piano and the whole band was right off camera and would you know play live to you know to and accompany him on the songs and the whole deal. It's yeah, really very cool. nice. That's very cool, cool, man. All right. Well, thanks. I appreciate it, Gene. Yeah. Sure. All right. See you later. Uh, we pulled up the, a picture of Matt Damon and, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Be- uh, Betty Aberlin. Uh, from Mr. Rogers, uh, and it's in the beginning of the movie, and she's a nun, and they're in the airport, and Matt wow. Damon is is questioning her uh, theological beliefs right, and yeah. kind of gives her a couple of things to think about and freaks her out, so I did not know that was her. Uh, we did have a picture in here. It looked like there was <laughs> some some sort of Smithsonian picture where Mr. Rogers is sitting down. They have his shoes or They actually sweater. took his body. Right? Yeah. Taxidermy. <laughs> right. They took like Lennon. To a taxidermist, yeah. yeah. Like they did with Lennon. Did they, um, is Mr. Rogers on anymore? I don't think so. Because, I mean, like, Sesame Street's on Sprout all the time. I don't recall seeing Mr. Rogers. Maybe on some PBS channels locally, maybe they do that. I don't know, Case. But, I mean, it, it's pretty, it's good, it's still good message, but it's so dated uh, with uh, with all the stuff that he shows you. I mean, and, because the, it, and there's slavery. <sighs> yeah. It goes that far yeah, back. Yeah, it goes that far back. I was not yeah. aware. 
Uh, let me go to Ken wants to comment on the sex doll prank. Uh, Ken, how you doing? Hey, what's happening? Hey, what's up, bud? Sorry to bug you guys at work. Oh, uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, remember Soupy Sales? Yes, love Soupy Sales. Yeah, they did a thing with him. They had a naked girl in the closet. He opened up the door, and he was like, his eyes bugged out, and he kept closing the door and opening it up and laughing. It was a well, funny it, it was It wasn't the closet. It, part of the Soupy Sales bit was that he would go to his front door, and you would see, like, the hand of the, the mailman, or you'd see... White Fang. White Fang. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that was it. By the yeah. way, you can get... All of those, those are available. I have the collection, the Soupy Sales collection yeah. on DVD. And by the way, that was live television. Oh, live no. television? You, could, you couldn't see the girl on, yeah. the, on the TV, but he could. And oh. they had a side shot that they did for their own interview. You've seen it, right? And yeah, then, yeah. yeah, and she's naked, she's shaking her boobs shaking her around, boobs. and he's dying. That uh, was a great person. That show was hugely popular, so much so that Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis and the, the Rat Pack members showed up one day. I, on uh, on the Soupy Sales show, no the kidding. kids show, yeah. Wow. To get because his thing was you uh, getting hit in the face with a pie. Hang on, let me go to Chris. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Hey, Kentuks, guys. Kentuks, what's up, man? I feel like Pierre is the exact opposite with children that Mister Rogers was. <laughs> awkward and not willing to strike up a conversation with a child. He will talk, but kids love Pierre. They do. It's it's strange, Rob. Now he, he or I'm sorry, Chris. He won't talk to them on their level, right? But he's so larger than life. Like my son Carter thinks he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Pierre will, you know, hello, young citizen, and yeah, he yeah. doesn't drop that bit at all, and and goes into it. And kids love. And it. most they times, it's out at events where. He has on some crazy outfit, something right. colorful, tie-dyed. So kids, you know, are attracted to that. They see that. He almost looks then, like a mascot. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does. Yeah. I want to play a little bit more of the song. Hold on a second. This was the, the oh. Mr. Rogers auto tune. Hey, neighbor. Welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? It's a necklace made of human ears. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I press this button. Charlie got a little ornery in the bush. <laughs> This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here, and there's nothing written on it, so we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary things? Do you ever imagine things? Things you'd like to have? Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark and wonder what they were? What they were? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever grow anything? I love it. Very cool. It actually in the garden of your mind. chokes you up a bit. Yeah, I agree. By the way, this uh, this text says the best part of Mr. Rogers was George Carlin as the conductor. That was Thomas the Tank Engine, you moron. <laughs> there have been three. There was uh, Ringo Starr. Uh, oh, Alec Ringo Baldwin. And Alec Baldwin as well. Yeah. I, in fact, Alec Baldwin referenced it one time on uh, on 30 Rock. He was talking yeah. about like past um, experiences that he's done as an actor. It was pretty you funny. You know what? Thomas the Tank Engine, when my kids were young enough and they were watching that, was bizarrely hypnotic to me. I thought their their sets were incredible. Oh, they were beautiful. Oh, the, the, mini the miniatures? The yeah. I yeah. loved them. But but it was the dialogue with if if it was Alec Baldwin or George Carlin, whoever it was, but it was like, Thomas was very cross when yeah, person cross. came. <laughs> they would, you know what I'm saying? They always used cross. They used yeah. the word cross, yeah. or Tuppen McHatton, and just the way they would speak, I'd be like, eh. yeah. like drooling, yeah. looking at the TV. Thomas had had a bad day Zoning so out. when the bus got stuck on the tracks, he didn't care. <laughs> he rammed right through it. Right. Killing 50 students. Right. Who's Sally Starr? Sally Starr is a local. Um, wasn't Sally Starr local? 
Oh, hang Bam. on. Let me go to Jen. Hey, Jen, how you doing? She a fun being out. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Hey, Jen, who is Sally Starr? Uh, I believe she was on the old TV shows with uh, Howdy Doody. Oh, okay. What was she? I thought she was a local. Uh, Sally Starr was local, yes? Okay, we had somebody in the, in the uh, studio. Uh, so she, you think she was with Howdy Doody? I think so. I, I remember, I mean, I'm only 30, so yeah. it was way before my time, but I remember my father talking about uh, Sally Starr and How, Howdy Doody. But I was at a gay pride festival uh, probably about six or seven years back. Right. And she comes out. She's pretty much an antique at this point, and she comes out on stage dressed up in her cowboy gear, and the first words out of her, out of her mouth are, how all you queers doing? <laughs> Jen, was, was she gay? I don't think so. I, I haven't heard anything about her being gay, but okay. it her, just blew me away that that was somebody that they would have at a gay pride festival. Her, uh, her, her broadcast and entertainment career began with the creation of a character of a blonde cowgirl who uh, hosted an afternoon children's program for Philadelphia station WFIL, oh. yeah. uh, which is now PVI, Channel okay. 6, uh, from ni- the, the 50s to 1971, and uh, the character became an icon in the greater Philadelphia area. Interesting. I did not know that. It was uh, it was the 4 o'clock gay pride roundup. I it's saw a... The uh, rootin' tootin' gay pride roundup. I was at a bookstore one time and just randomly looking at bookshelves and I came across it was like um, it was like great lesbians in television history. Yes. And a lot of the people that were at the time closeted because it was, you know, it was it was not if if you opened up you were it, 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 it was a career risk. But I saw a couple of the the names Steve. One of them was uh, the the woman who played Mrs. Hathaway on uh, Oh, Jane Hathaway. Yeah, uh, Jane, uh, Culp. Um Nancy Culp. Yeah, she was definitely gay. Yeah. And she hate she hated Buddy Epson. Really they hated each other. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and Ma Kettle from the Mom. Really? Yeah. She was lesbian. Yeah, that was the word. There were a whole bunch of them, and I've forgotten. Those are the two that I just I recalled. Sally Star still lives in the area. She lives in Atco, New Jersey, and she operates a, a pizza and ice cream restaurant. Wow. All right, we got to get her into. Yeah, and Mr. Mr. McFeely. Oh, and, uh, man, if we could get them to make out in the studio. I don't. If, we could, if we could get a collective, I mean, because a lot of this stuff. I mean, you were, you know. Um, uh, you know, American Bandstand initially was filmed here, and, and a bunch oh, of if other... we could get Dick Clark in here. Well, dude, oh, come dude, on. That's amazing. not the point yeah, of trying yeah, to yeah, make... Yeah. <laughs> Still, it would be cool. Chief Halftown. I'm <laughs> I'm with you, Preston. But yes, and and even out of Pittsburgh, that enough of these iconic uh, kids program hosts and... and Characters might still be around. It'd be great yeah, to have. I mean, we, we remember we had Captain it. Noah and and uh, before he passed, and Al Albertson before he passed. We had them on. Look at how pivot. Look at how much how revered Mark Summers is at this yeah. point. Just because from your youth, that's that's something you take with you forever. Yeah. Absolutely. So and then he'll be a forgotten host in a couple of absolutely. Decades. Yeah. He'll be drunk right. and then he'll jump off a roof somewhere. Right. So uh, <laughs> going back to Mr. Rogers, Handyman Negri, he's still alive. Get him in. Handyman? What? You remember him? Joe Negri? He yeah. would come in and help out uh, with... Uh, Give handies? Yeah. <laughs> remember? Who wants a handy? Jesus. I'm your handyman. Really? <laughs> really? Sorry. Uh, no, here here are my tools right here. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to see a picture of him younger. Look, uh, he's right Nick. here. Look up on the screen. Remember him? Uh, no, that's that's. I think that's a... Uh, that's ukulele Pete. Show, show him when he was younger. Give me a picture of him when he was younger, because if he was that old back in the day of uh, Mr. Rogers, he would easily be dead by the now. Get, there's, a, there's a great <laughs> still of him at the... I'm um, telling you. Preston. He would easily be dead. There's a great still of him behind Hitler at the Nuremberg Rally. Oh, that, yeah. That's when he was that, young. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to see. Young, when he was still with the Luftwaffe. Yeah, I did not know. <laughs> I didn't know he was at the yeah. Nuremberg Rally. But... You are no handyman, Pete! 
<laughs> Nick, see if you can pull up, pull up a, a picture of him from uh, from the old days. Yeah, because I yeah. now now All I'm right. curious. I mean, like Mr. Green Jeans. You remember him from Captain Kangaroo? You see, like kids don't have any. Cl- that was an Dancing absolute bear. must before um, before school. Captain Kangaroo, uh, the the moose. Yeah, um, Mr. Moose. Dancing Bear had no mouth. No. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Green Jeans had it surgically removed so he, he wouldn't talk to the cops. Uh, you know what? I still don't it's remember the, the handyman guy. You don't remember? He would. He's like uh, Mr. Fixit. He'd come around and uh, help Mr. Rogers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. House. Now that you find a younger picture, of like Mr. Yeah. Oral Man. I do. What? Oh my God! Like Stop Handy. it! I do remember that. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, let's work on getting these people in the show. I think that'd be really. Just fun. don't play them this segment. If if we could, yeah, don't ever play them this segment. Yeah, but uh, it would be cool if we could get them <clears throat> on together. Sure. And, and reminisce about some stuff like that it would be pretty cool. Uh, so anyhow, the, if you want to see the the video of uh, this. Uh, Auto tune, Mr. Rogers. It's on com. It's really, really cool. You'll love it. It's very sweet. Uh, unlike our discussion here this morning, <laughs> we'll take a break. Hope you're right back, Stata. The new and improved MMR app is out. It's faster, better organized, yet fully customizable to your liking. Start poking around now. Fans of the Weekend Planner, select the Pierre Robert Show page. Hear a song during the workforce blocks you like but can't name? Select recently played songs to show on your app feed. Want the MM Archives podcast on your radar? Just customize so it shows where you want it. Look for Marissa's app hack videos to get the ultimate user experience. So update your app now and then customize it to make the new MMR app your app. We are excited to welcome our next guest in the studio. He's uh, one of America's great rock bands of all time. That's for sure. Very, very successful. And is going on another <laughs> solo embarkment. And, in fact, tickets for his show at the Electric Factory go on sale in about 10 minutes. That's right, right now. Today. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody? let's welcome him, Mr. Richie Sambor. Good morning, good morning, Philadelphia. How you doing, Richie? I'm doing fantastic, man. Excellent. Good to see you, bro. Great to be here, man. All right, let's get right to this. Now, we've been saying all morning you were going to play live here today. But what's going oh on? You can't do God. it? All right, I'll play later. Are you <laughs> sure? <laughs> no. No. No, like... Uh, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. You know, we'll get it together. You were trying to... It's a, a vocal issue. Early in the morning, I know singers have a really well, hard listen, time. Well, listen, man, if I, if I crack, I crack. What are you going to do? Wow. It's true. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of reality TV right here in the studio. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Hey, listen, I'm Kathy. I'm glad I don't have your job. <laughs> but 55 to the 283. There's a bottle up in a 381. You make a left on a 495. I can sing if you can do that. Right. <laughs> well, Richie's uh, Richie's new album is uh, Aftermath on the Lowdown. And uh, this is, uh, is this your second run at a. Uh, Actually, a my third. third? Yeah. Okay. It's my third. I haven't had a um, solo tour in about 12 years. Wow. And uh, this record just actually came out amazing, man. It's like, you know, you make a record and sometimes they either meet your expectations or some exceed your expectations or some fall below your expectations this one exceeded my expectations you know what it, it seems it seems to be with the with the albums and, and um going back and reading through i mean it, i guess it happens a lot in bands and we talk about you know artists that go out on solo uh ventures preston and, and that it they, they want to address something that they don't get to address with the band. You know, so they want to try a different direction. Was that the case with this? Did oh, yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, when you're doing a solo album, obviously, um, you get to be the mouthpiece. Yeah. You know, I'm in this great big band that I work in, and I, I have to basically write 
for John to sing. I mean, there is a quite a commonality because we're only three years apart and we've grown up in five <laughs> miles away from each other right, in New yeah. Jersey. So there's a lot of common ground that we share. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at this particular record, I wanted to make an authentic record. Uh, I didn't hear a lot of jamming going on. I left all the guitar playing and all the jamming. I had a great band on this album. So it, it became quite an interesting record. The reviews have been phenomenal. Well, we've been listening uh, this morning. We were we were listening to Every Road Leads Home to You. Mm-hmm. And at first listen, it really has a more orchestral, big, melodic sound. And, and I, I don't know if artists cringe. Why, thank you. Uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> now, I don't know if artists cringe when you make comparisons to other musicians or other bands, but uh, we were kind of like, that kind of has like a Coldplay feel to it almost. Well, thank you. Yeah. I know, you know, I mean, basically what happens is, especially when you're doing a solo album, you kind of pick up uh, as much stylistic diversity, I think, that you, as you can. You know, on this particular record, man, I covered a myriad of styles. Lyrically, I, care, I covered a myriad of subjects, but it all holds together as a record. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, when I grew up, I listened, I grew up listening to albums. Sure, yeah, so yeah. So th- this record kind of has a journey within the record. You, I think that that's important. You don't see that a lot these days. It's because nah, of the iTunes generation. You can jump in and pick and select. It's a singles-driven generation, absolutely. I wonder, Richie, if, if with you, if you went in, because, you, know, you know, it's the default reaction a lot of times. Hey, they're doing a solo thing. Oh, really? You, you know what I'm saying? When you hear another artist doing a solo project, do you um, are you intrigued or do you do the same thing? Because it's I, a knee-jerk reaction, I think, from a lot of people. Absolutely, because they uh, they kind of want to put you in the same box. Yeah. You know, but I think that, it, you know, honestly... Uh, also, with me, you know, I've been a lead singer in every band I was in before Bon Jovi. Right. And uh, so people, I think, have a perception of me as just a guitar player. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, this record's going to change some people's perception. I think I can peg the moment, though, that I that I think most of America realize, hey, this Richie Sambora is more than just a great guitar player. And it's when you and John, and it might have been on MTV, uh, you did an acoustic version of Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah. And you did, the, you know, the backup part, which has a little solo moment there where you really wail. And, and that also kind of opened up the door for a lot of acoustic performances. MTV Unplugged didn't exist yeah. until you guys we did started, that. We started yeah. Unplugged. I remember reading in Billboard magazine. But that was a funny experience because uh, we were playing this, you know, the MTV awards show. Right. And at the time, you know, it's like, you know, Whitney Houston and Madonna and Prince and this and that and the other thing and John and I. And uh, you're walking there and technically it is a cluster F. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're going to move all the mics. That's a technical term. Yeah, yeah. A technical term. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so you got these union guys in there, and, and you know, they don't really care. They're just smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're moving the board. They're not mixing properly, you know, right. and all that other stuff. So uh, I said to John, I said, you know, if we just played acoustically, we would cut down the variables. You got yep. two acoustics and two mics. And it would also show the men between the boys. Yeah. Because, you know, they were putting us into this uh, hair band thing, yeah. which we're absolutely not. You know, we're just like, so doing that, it really changed people's perception on that also. And then uh, Unplugged went on to say that, uh, you know, yeah, due to these guys, we're, we're going to start this series Unplugged. And uh, the problem is, is uh, you know, it's like 20 some odd years later and I never got a check. <laughs> All right. How many records did they put out? A ton. Stewart Unplugged. Nirvana. One of the, one of the yeah. Sold like twenty zillion records. That's right, Alan Cool J. No check, man. <laughs> By the way, like, at that at that moment though, did uh, would, did it somebody in the record company uh, after you did it was kind of like, hey kid, you want to make a record? You want to do a solo thing? Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. Well, nobody knew, and you know, I, I honestly, you know, I, I have another career outside the band. 
You know, and that's kind of cool. I mean, I'm, i got to be in the luckiest position ever. I mean, I'm in yeah. this great big band. I mean, our last tour was 52 countries in 18 and a half months, and we had the biggest tour on the planet. Yeah. Um, and then I get to do what I want to do here artistically. But there's a lot of commercial stuff on this record. I mean, I can't get away from who I am. Well, also, I didn't get inducted to the Songwriters Hall of Fame for nothing. That's right. Congratulations. <laughs> but but the, the, we were listening early, and it was, and it was we were like, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of prep before the show, and a lot of stuff's going on, and, and it was playing. We're like, who is this? this is, it sounded really good. And that's a good sign when it'll stop you from doing what you're doing, so you right. focus in on the music. Thank um, you. Thank you. Uh, with with uh, talking about doing, you know, the... Um, uh, the difference between some solo artists, or an artist goes out and does something solo, sometimes you get the the feeling that they are, uh, I don't know, they, they carry a grudge that they're beholding to the, the band. You love the band, and you love the solo stuff. And I think that's the difference with the way you approach it. You know, All, these solo albums are an expression of just interests and ways you want to go, as opposed to, I need to be me. Yeah, you know what the thing is? It's uh, You know, I'm a working musician. I think anytime you're a working musician... Uh, you're happy. Yeah. When you're a working musician at my level, if you don't understand that and have gratitude for that opportunity, you're pretty much a butthole. <laughs> Is that your official quote? Means yeah, man. Let's face it. You know what I mean? I mean, I get to walk out on stage in front of 60,000, 70,000 people yep. on a nightly basis in yeah. 52 countries all over the world. You know? And that does not go unnoticed to you. Yeah, it's you... fantastic. And then, That's you know, great. I'll come to a theater in these local towns and get to play my stuff. And I think people are really, really happy to see me, you know, because sure. I don't come around that often. But uh, this record was such a, a, a fun record for me to make, and uh, it, it is, it's it's rocking. There's yeah. a lot of playing on this record. I get to do stuff that I don't normally do in the context of the band, obviously. Yeah, as a working musician, you get to branch out, you get to collaborate. And uh, I read an article yesterday that you and John Bon Jovi worked recently with Big and Rich, and uh, we're helping to put them uh, a record uh, with them. And I read it was a really funny story because they wanted to name it a certain thing. And then there were some copyright infringement laws. Do you know the story that I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, sure. C can you explain to the listeners what what happened? Well, basically, I think we we ended up with a uh, uh, we started to write with Big and Rich, who are dear friends of ours, and those guys are crazy mofos, <laughs> <laughs> and they're a lot of fun. So uh, and and we had written a song with them a few albums back called "We Got It Going On" on our record, and so they're they're getting back together because they had a little feud and they're back together now and they okay. love each other. And uh, so we started writing with them and we wrote this song called "Born Again" and it's the title track to their record now. So then there was a thing called "Hillbilly Jedi's." Is right. that it? Yeah. Was that the line that we had a problem with? Yeah. Yeah, so we came up with this one song, You Guys Are Hillbilly Jedis, and everybody's going to come, and I guess there was a copyright infringement thing going on. You right. couldn't use Jedi? Right, so so John whips out his cell phone yeah. and calls George Lucas, and George Lucas says, okay, you can call it Hillbilly Jedis. It's the power of the bond. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, George's one stipulation was, George Lucas's one stipulation was, um, you can't call them Jedi. Sexual favors? <laughs> no, yeah. no, Jedi <laughs> is the plural of Jedi. So it's Hillbilly Jedi, Jedi. Not with, with no S on the end of it. And then uh -huh. now they named the record that. I love it. Isn't that great? I that's think a, that's a lot of power when you can pick up the blower and get George Lucas on the phone. George Lucas, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I have Nelson Mandela? <laughs> the Twitchy Samora. Really. I have some uh, banking information I'd like to give him. Oh, God. You mentioned those guys. Uh, they had a feud. How have you guys been able to stay together so long? And I'm sure you've had feuds, but nothing major that would break the band. No, up. you know, I mean, I think that we look at it once again, you know, I mean, I, spirituality for me is like, not taking things for granted. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that's I mean, so key. It, what, you know, what's... Uh, you got to look at the bigger picture, really. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, if you're going to be little girls about things... No, no offense. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. no offense, Kathy. <laughs> uh, but, if you know, if you are going to be like little girls about stuff and you're going to argue about little stuff, it's not going to get you anywhere, man. Yeah. You know? And uh, when, you're, when you're with guys together in close quarters for as many years as we've been together, you know, you learn when to back off. You know, somebody's having a bad day. I mean, we've been through everything together. Birth deaths, divorce, you know, I mean, you name it. We are a band of brothers. We are a family. And we just kind of look at it as that. Well, and you guys all do your own thing, too. David's been very successful in Broadway, right? God bless him. Yeah, Yeah. and he's a great guy, too. And and Tico has his clothing line, his kids' line, and all that stuff. Art, everything, you know? As far as music goes, when it's time for you to do a project, or David or or John even on his own, Mm -hmm. uh, is there a band meeting? Uh, Do you uh, call somebody up and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, just wanted to give you a heads up? Not really, you know? It's like we got off the road. uh, We were on the road for 18 and a half months. Yeah, a little uh, too much. Surprisingly, you know, in the state of mind that I'm in now compared to 10 years ago, I was energized and I just said to myself, I should start throwing down now. Mm -hmm. So I started to just write some songs and see where it was going. And after about five songs, I said, you know, this record, it sounds like it's going to be a record. Let's go in the studio and start cutting. Mm -hmm. And uh, it started to come out so good. And I was thrilled, so we just kept on going, and uh, lo and behold, aftermath of the lowdown. When you uh, select who's going to be in the studio with you, uh, is it buddies, friends, uh, somebody who you You know, uh, uh, my producer and good friend Luke Eben uh, selected a bunch of these guys for me, and I was thrilled to have them. I mean, I got some amazing musicians. Aaron Sterling, who was just playing drums, who was just playing with John Mayer, okay. but he's been a session musician in L.A. and just a killer. Cool. Uh, Matt Rollins out of Nashville is a keyboard player, is a player with Dire Straits and Lyle Lovett and a bunch of other people. Are these going to be your touring guys? Yeah, they're all okay. coming on the road with me, too. Some Excellent. An eclectic bunch. Kurt Schneider nice. on bass, who's played with Sting, and he's just a session guy. He also mixed a bunch of songs on this record. So really great, great stuff. Your first show to promote Aftermath of uh, the Lowdown is going to be at the October 18th yeah. at the Electric Factory. What what uh, What's it like playing the first show of a tour, that first night out a little nervous, or, I mean, you've obviously rehearsed and got it together. No, you know, I mean, at this point, you know, I've been doing this for, like, a long, yeah. long time. <laughs> I walk out there, and, I, and I'm, I'm very, very excited. And when you have a band behind me, and you have a good wealth of material to choose from, you kind of walk out there with a lot of confidence. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, I kind of look at the, when the people come to see me, everybody wants to see you do good. Yes. So all you kind of do is kind of tap into that energy, really. I let think me, that's what comes on. Let me ask you about Aftermath of the Lowdown. What, what is the, uh, the meaning of that? Well, basically, you know, this record did, uh, it ended up when I started to write the songs, it was looking back over the last, you know, seven, eight years of my life. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make an authentic record. And when you give somebody the lowdown, you're telling them the truth. Yeah. And I think that's, that's I wanted, you know, most artists maybe would want to shun away from some of those. You, uh, you're talking about demons that you've beaten in your life? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go there. And uh, I think that that was a part of it, wanting to be authentic and make a truthful record. I think people are going to be able to relate to that. Now, I've been good at writing lyrics in my career that were songs about me that kind of uh, transferred in a very, very universal level. 
And I think that that's what these songs do, you know. And uh, it's cathartic, it has to be, right? Absolutely cathartic. Absolutely cathartic. I, I wonder if, if a musician opens up like that in a song, their personal life, about demons they've either battled or maybe a party lifestyle they used to have but don't anymore. Um, if you, years later, play that song and you're a different person then, how that... If that affects you at all, yeah, you know? yeah. No, you know, it's, I'm a different person now from yeah. that. You know, and and a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about happened five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, I mean, everybody has their human experiences, whether it's divorce or you lose a parent or you, you know you lose somebody you love, and all those kind of things happen. You know, some you're battling some substance abuse, this, that, and the other thing. And I decided to kind of like I would have been remiss not to talk about that stuff, mm-hmm. but the record is not a downer. No, it's, it's it's more of a joy and a triumph of coming out on the other side of that stuff, you know. So that's what it's about. Hey, and speaking of all those things, I have to say, you know, we get a lot of rock stars that come in here, and you can see that their lifestyle has taken a toll on their body. I have to say, I'm really impressed by the way you look. There you go. Honestly, looking pretty good. No, no, I've taken it very seriously. I mean, you know what? To to be my age. <laughs> uh, to be my age and get out there and tour for the extensive amount of tour that I do and 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 wanting to be great every night, you know, you got to be a sh- you got to be in shape, man. You got to really take it seriously. So we, I, I look at it as almost like athletic. Look at freaking Jagger, man. Yeah. The, the dude bounds around on stage man. like a uh, panther. I mean, come on, it's yeah. unbelievable. He he works out. He has to. Yeah. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So now say, you know yeah. it's a whole kind of different regimen. Before it was a, a very different. <laughs> It was a different regimen. My diet was a lot different. <laughs> and I'm not talking about food either. No, I was going to say the same thing about you, but I asked Kathy to do it because it was just going to sound a little weird. <laughs> me telling you that you look great. Thanks, um, now, what is your favorite song that you've written? Uh, you know, that's a tough. They're all my kids. But, I mean, anytime. I Everybody's think, got a favorite kid, though. You know, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, oh, every time, you know, you write a song that actually connects with the masses, I think. That's uh, basically when you're a songwriter, you're trying to communicate at the end of the day. And like I said, when you write something about you, you know, I mean, living on a prayer, stuff like that has to be something that has transcended throughout the years yeah. and uh, uh, has morphed and still is living. You know, he wrote it in 1986. So. Yeah. Like, but, but don't you love it when somebody comes up and says, hey, man, my name's Tommy. This is my wife, Gina. Yeah. How cool is this? <laughs> it's got to be cool. Yeah. You were younger. You, I, you were writing about me, and I go, "Yes, I was." Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not Richie. I Chibor. was in your backyard, and you didn't even know. <laughs> but it's crazy because you were younger back then, and and you know, you, I was. You, you had yeah. you had you had less perspective uh, than you do now. So, do those words mean just as much today to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what happened? It was the first time that John and I ever used characters in a situation. Because basically all we ever, I mean, at that point in time when we wrote Slippery When Wet, really, we kind of knew what it was like to be on a road and, uh, you know, be like animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what we knew, you know, women in the road. That's what kind of like we knew. And that's kind of what we wrote about. And uh, with this particular song, we tapped into our blue collar uh, you know, growing up in New Jersey and the blue collar stuff. And we started writing about, you know, Tommy and Gina. And basically, we all were Tommy and Gina at some point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Everybody. 
We all had that Tommy Everyone and connects, Gina. yeah. We all had that Tommy and Gina moment, you know? So I think that that was the important part about it. And that, that was kind of like an um, enlightenment and a revolution for us at that point because we just said, oh, this is what songwriting is about. It's mm-hmm. a relatable subject matter that that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, was so, the, that was the So epiphany? now, I mean, basically, uh, even with my ap- uh, Aftermath of the Lowdown, all the stuff that I was writing about is things that, you know, even a song like Every Road Leads Home to Use, you right. know, it's everybody has a home that they desire to come home to. It could be, you know, for me, it was my daughter at the time that I was writing about, you know, it could be your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, could be just your house, could be your dog, <laughs> you know, yeah. it could be maybe you were lost inside yourself and you want to come home to who you really are. So in, uh, in essence, that was a metaphor for what everybody is feeling. So here again. A very personal subject that I was addressing became a universal subject. I found that a lot of my stuff on this record turns out to be everybody's stuff. Yeah. You know, we all kind of go through that stuff. Kathy and uh, Casey wanted to compliment you on your looks, and they're right. You're, you're very attractive. I wanted to compliment you on your... Um, my penis? Uh, your penis. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Invariably, Nick will get there. Yeah. I was going to say talent. <laughs> Uh, but perhaps they fall That's under it. the same umbrella. Uh, no, no, your your um, genuine kindness. Because I've been lucky enough to meet you a couple of times. Uh, you've done, uh, you've had a nice long relationship with this radio station. Oh man, you guys have been great to me and forever. About ten years ago, I used to work for Pierre Robert, and you, you and John and the band did a, an acoustic session across the hall. And um, there was a moment in time where you guys were doing the sound check, and the only two people in the room were you and me. And you were warming up on the double neck guitar, <laughs> and um, you looked over at me. And first of all, I was blown away at how good of a guitar player you are. Can I see your penis? <laughs> <laughs> That's when it happens. <laughs> Just a little later. <laughs> but it was funny because you looked at me and I thought that there must be somebody else in the room because you looked and smiled and I looked behind me. And I'm like, Richie's got to be looking at somebody else. And it was just a nice little moment for me that I've never forgotten. Kathy tells a story about her and her husband. And, and I just wanted to ask you about your relationship with Philly in particular and, and this radio station. Why do you think you have um, such a great connection? And um, is it... Is, I don't know. It seems genuine on both ends. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it goes back many, many years. I was playing here with a band called Duke Williams and the Extremes, and I was an extreme by that yeah. when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, so I started out playing clubs here when I was about 19 years old. Wow. And then the next time I was in a, the relationship with the city, I lived here when we made 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. With Obi over here at Obi Studio for the most part, and it was one of the craziest fun times I've ever had in my life. What year was that? So, uh, that was '85, I guess, something like that. Wow! When I lived here, so I lived here for a good half a year, and uh, I had just a blast. And then, obviously, then Slippery hits, and then we started. Uh, you know, I mean, the Spectrum. I used to come to concerts here at RFK Stadium all the time when I was a kid. JFK, JFK, right? Yeah. Uh, then uh, and the Spectrum constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we started to play the Spectrum. I think we played like six nights in a row or something. So wow. we got then we got this award and all this other stuff. Then John and I, you know, bought the football team, the Soul. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we started that, and you know, then you know we're so this the, the relationship with the city has been very very special. And obviously with MMR, I mean. That's what I think about when yeah. I come into Philadelphia. Uh, well, uh, Richie's going to be playing the Electric Factory coming up on October 18th. Tickets are on sale Yes, please now. come and see me. It's going to be a gas, man. I'm going to play a lot of songs off the record, off my prior prior solo record, some Bon Jovi stuff that uh, I'm going to turn into my stuff. You know? Well, here's, here's what I'd like to propose to you, sir. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> we can take a commercial break and come back and play a track off of the new album. I'll try it. We'll see. No, I mean, I'll, I'll play, I'll oh, play, play from it. the scene. 
CD. Thank you. And then, <laughs> then would you like to play? <laughs> <laughs> that, There's sure, the bargain. Sure. That was our four points. We'll, sure, <laughs> we'll let you think about it in a moment. No so problem. We'll take a break and we'll come back in a moment. By the way, tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.com or on the phone 1-800-745-3000. show is October 18th at the Electric Factory and they are on sale right now. So we'll come back in a, in a, in a moment with a track uh, from the album Aftermath of the Lowdown from Richie Sambora. Yeah. Stay right there. Returning shortly. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Football is back, and this Eagles season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2023 Eagles season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, everybody, it's good to have you on the Pierre would be here. He would be here yeah. if uh, if he were in town to hang out with Richie. Yeah, I know. He's, he's on vacation, right? Yeah. He's up in Tahoe. Yeah, he says he's going to come to New York and uh, visit me, and we're going to do a little interview up there. When, when you want him to come there, Richie, make sure you tell him, uh, uh, allow about a day and a half ahead of time so he arrives exactly on time. Right. If you want him there on Thursday, say, I need you here on Tuesday. <laughs> he wrote me a very long and concerned text last night, making sure that we treated you well. And I was like, how else would we do <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can I just say something on that on the on the song? Yeah. The litmus test is I I want to I want to hear that song in my car. And I think that's always a good. Yeah. It's always, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's as I want to go listen to that in my car because um, there, there's a songs about going home. And as you said, you know, whatever's home for you. There's a great Pat Metheny uh, song called "Last Last Train Home." Uh, you know, uh, an instrumental piece. And that, that's such a such a great universal. Feeling, you know, yeah, you know, it's like, um, you know, when I was writing, I was thinking about my kid. Yeah, I got your picture on my phone, your voice in my head. I'm lying here alone, restless in a far away bed. The stars are falling down, and I'm half a world away. I'm just trying to close the distance. Feel each breath that you take And the bridge is burning and I'm losing my faith I'm trying to find my way towards the truth Like a wild eye flying now I'm blindly running From everything I thought I knew Every road leads home to you Home That's an awesome. beautiful song, dude. Love it. What a Chills, great man. melody, too. Yeah. How, how did she react when you uh, when you told her that song was about her? Oh, man, she, you know, I mean, I have a pretty cool relationship with my kid. And yeah. uh, the, the worst thing about what I do, my job, is having to leave her. Yeah. 
you know. I'm just glad I heard the album version first because uh, when I hear acoustic things first before I hear the actual album version, I don't like the album version as much anymore. <laughs> you, you know, and I'm sure you write everything acoustically first. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I, you know to... what? I write very, very simply. I have done for years because I, you know, I really believe that you can't polish a turd. A turd? Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we polish a turd every day here. <laughs> for five hours, we polish away. But there's just, there's something about that. Um, one man with a guitar um, that is just so the, It really is the... Uh, the troubadour. It's the test. It, yeah, it yeah. proves the men between the boys. I mean, you know, when I was uh, when I was coming up in this business, uh, that's all I did was I played acoustic gigs on the, the Mondays and Tuesday nights where I couldn't book the band. You know, the club owners couldn't afford the band, so I would just go out and, you know, do it this way. And it really taught me a lot, man. You know, yeah. It really taught you a lot. That's cool. You had mentioned, uh, Rich, we were talking off air for just a moment before we got going, that uh, you still drive your uh, your daughter to school? Every day, man. Every day, really? Absolutely. And she's 15 years old? 15 years old. She's just about getting to drive, man. I just wow. was, like, kind of freaked out on the way here. Dude, will you drive my kids to school? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so man, cool. I got to imagine yeah. that that school has the highest amount of moms driving <laughs> their kids to school. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. Hey, before we uh, we get another song from you, yeah, uh, I want to invite probably the biggest rock and roll fan in the world that I know. Uh, he's our overnight jock, uh, Jackie Bam, yeah. Bam, who's been hanging around. He's all nervous. He's like, get over here. Is there anything you wanted? You're, you you love interviewing rock Jackie, stars. Jackie. Richie. Is there anything you wanted to ask him? Or uh, I do want to ask you. You mentioned the brand new album. Uh, you got a lot of studio musicians on it. And your last album, you work with Don Waz. You work with uh, the late, great Billy Preston. Any... um. Like big names on this album, you know. You mentioned some studio cats, but you know, it's actually you know there are studio guys, but they're live guys too. Everybody has went out and played with some really quality people, you know, between Dire Straits and Sting, and you know, I mean, they they do road stuff yeah. and everything. But the interesting thing about these guys is that they became a, we became a band first song. It was unbelievable. It's hard to get that right to get. Well, you knew you you knew from experience. You pick a band that automatically gels, but that's it, when in 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 just the nature of things when bands are being put together. That's the hardest part is getting synergy. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and not only that, studio guys are are known amongst uh, people who do this for a living as pretty much the best that there are because they can play almost anything. And uh, a lot of names you'll never know are some of the greatest musicians sure. in the world. Absolutely. And I would imagine from time to time you sit down with one of those guys, you're kind of like, well, that, that guy. Is a lot better than I am. <laughs> um, well, you know, everybody, you know, I think when you get to my stage of the game, everybody has their uh, strengths, you know. And uh, for me, uh, if if I play from my heart and from my soul, I can play with anybody. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to do with technique. Right. You know what I mean? It more has to do with where, where it's coming from. Yeah. Is, is that the hardest part when you, so you're learning to play the instrument about, and at your level, when does it kick in that you are able to serve as a, the, the instrument simply becomes a conduit for what you're feeling? Yeah, right. It's just kind of your, your, your heart and your soul come through your fingers and your voice, obviously. It ta- you know, it takes a little while to get to that place, but it happened early for me. Lucky I was in my teens. Oh, that's yeah. cool. All right. Cool. So yeah. like a, like a basketball player uh, on a professional level, every now and again, they have a bad game where they can't hit a jump shot. Does that happen? to musicians mm, for me the only time it really happens is if i'm sick okay. yeah and i do everything i'll you know i'll take whatever you know steroids or whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> i well, become an athlete at that point to get to you know to run the marathon you know you do whatever you have to do because uh you know you got sixty, seventy thousand people that paid good money to come see you and wow. you better be good you got you, that has to be 
the, because we, we do a thing every year, and you, you guys have supported it. It's the Camp Out for Hunger. It's a big uh, food charity uh, mm-hmm. drive that we do. And uh, invariably, I lose my voice. But I think, you know, you're, you're going to walk out in front of 60,000, 70,000 people, and your voice isn't up to snuff. What, what is your cure-all? What is your, all right, I'm going to do this and get the voice back? Well, there's a ton of things you yeah. have to do. Okay. There's a ton of things you have to do to maintain your voice. And uh, one of them is warm up, and another one is warm down, just like if you're working out. Yeah. The voice is a muscle. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if need be, you know, and there's also obviously, you know, teas and you got to eat the right stuff. There's a discipline to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, are you warmed up? Yeah, baby. All right. What do you want to play for us? Rich? I play another song called Taking a Chance on the Wind. And uh, I think it's a song about taking risks. And I, a lot of people ask me on this record, like, you know, hey, Rich, you, you, know, you don't need to do this. Why are you doing this? You should be messing around with your sailboat. You know? <laughs> <All right. laughs> but I said it would have been a risk not for me to do this. And this song is kind of like about freedom, too. Okay. okay. So Let's it's called it. Taking a Chance on the Wind. Richie Zambor, everybody. Thank you. Lately it's been raining, but today's my lucky day. The faith I put in my pocket is the only thing that didn't get washed away. I was making confession, was this is where I stopped. Every heartache's a blessing, every knockdown was a spot. Every knockdown was a spark. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Tearing down all my troubles, setting fire to all my sins. Been way too long, and I'm moving it all again. Doubling down on freedom, everything I believe in. I'm raising my flag and taking a chance on the wind. Raising my flag and taking a chance on the win. Time taught me a lesson. Don't dwell on the past. Cause the bad things fade and the good things. The good things are built to last. When love comes easy, like fairy tale make believe. When you find it all and you're ready to fall, there's only one remedy. Tearing down all my troubles, setting fire to all my sins. It's been way too long, and I'm moving it on again. Doubling down on freedom, everything I believe in. I'm raising my flag and taking a chance on the wind. Yeah, raising my flag and taking a chance.
you know what? And I just get it's that New Jersey sound. You know what I mean? It's real. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying it's for real. There's yeah. a lot of heart in there. Yeah, baby. And it's pretty damn awesome. Richie's new album is called uh, Aftermath of the Lowdown. Uh, the tour is coming through Philly. First stop right here at the Electric Factory. Absolutely, man. Excited. That's a great it. room too. It's, yeah. it's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, richiesambora.com, and you, you're you on Twitter as yeah, well, and at, all that at, stuff. At The Real Sambora. At The Real Sambora. <laughs> it was really funny, man. Before I got on Twitter, I had to get on Twitter, man. I was like, you know, kind of like not into it, but uh, um, now I kind of like it a lot. But, but yeah. there was like 30 people as me. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing stuff that I'm like... I didn't do any of that. <laughs> At least not for a while. <laughs> the real Sambora. Uh, so we'll put a link to that on uh, Preston and Steve. Sweet me, cats. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Rich, thanks for stopping by, man. My pleasure, guys. You yeah, guys have always man. been great to me. God bless you. I love it. Come and see me. All right. Richie Sambora. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve on 93.3. WMMR. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre. Bizarre Final. A huge shipment of 20,000 coconuts filled with liquid cocaine has been discovered at a Colombian port en route to Italy. Is that where cocaine comes from? Coconuts? It comes from a lot of the CEO. Yeah, I got it now. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Coke and nuts. Yeah, coke and nuts. Yes, ah. cocaine, coconuts, all comes from there. Yes. Coconut salad? Yes. Fresh coconut milk? Cocaine, coconuts? Cocaine, coconuts? Mm-hmm. New England boiled coconut. Crack coconut? So 20,000 of them were filled with liquid cocaine. An anti-drug unit of the Columbia National Prosecutor's Office working with a special police team found the coconuts hidden under in uh, 500 canvas bags on a container due to leave the Caribbean port uh, on Italy's north to, to head to Genoa on Italy's northwestern coast. Upon inspection, it was established that the water in the tropical fruit had been exchanged for liquid cocaine. Uh, the authorities have sent... Uh, the coconuts to a laboratory to establish the exact amount of cocaine that they contain. Uh, they're also investigating exactly where the coconuts were loaded and who was due to receive them in Genoa. And apparently, dissolving cocaine in a water to disguise its appearance is a common way of smuggling the drug, although swapping the water and coconuts for diluted cocaine is rare. Oh, yeah. requires a little extra work, a little extra loving care. Yeah. This is messed up. A former NASA executive and police officer in Virginia will likely spend the rest of his life behind bars for killing his neighbor, a member of the Maryland National Guard, in a shooting that was entirely caught on a ring doorbell camera. A judge handed down a life sentence with the possibility of parole for 52-year-old Michael Heddle for shooting his next-door neighbor, uh, Javon Prather, seven times just moments after the 24-year-old had knocked on his neighbor's door. Mm. According to the report, the two neighbors had a very contentious relationship dating back to 2016 that culminated with Prather being shot while standing on the porch of Heddle's home. Video of the shooting was captured by Heddle's own ring door camera. Okay, so the damaging footage he played during Heddle's trial, that was played in in Heddle's trial, that ended with a jury finding him guilty on charges of first-degree murder, by the way. The jurors were able to see the shock on Javon's face. Uh, they saw Javon run for his life. They saw the defendant go after him and continue to fire. They saw Javon crumble to the ground as a bullet struck his spine. Peace. And they saw the defendant take aim at him on the ground and fire one more round into his body. 
The video showed Prather walking from his house to Heddle's, knock on the door. He then stepped back and appeared to be standing a little more than two feet from the door with his hands in his pockets when Heddle reportedly opened the door and just shot six times. Just Jesus, shot him. Yeah. yeah, in seven seconds. Uh, the attorney claims, uh, Heddle's attorney claims that the shooting was in self-defense. Despite the fact that the video reportedly showed Prather running away from Heddle's door when he saw the gun, prosecutors said that Prather was executed. Making matters worth for, worse for Heddle, uh, after killing Prather, he could be seen pointing the loaded weapon at his wife, at Prather's wife, whom he then threatened to shoot when she tried to drag her husband's limp body back to their property. It's all kinds of messed up. Heddle, prior to the shooting, was reportedly working in risk mitigation at NASA headquarters Jesus. in Washington, D.C. for the agency's Enterprise Protection Program. Wow. Yeah, watching the footage, the wife is trying to get over and tend to her husband, and he's holding a gun on her. Yeah, he's a psycho. Yeah. He's, he's an absolute psycho. Uh, a stranger walked into the neonatal intensive care unit at an Iowa hospital and then bottle-fed a baby that wasn't his. Oh, what? Huh. what? Yeah, this is really weird. Des Moines police... You ever get that urge? are trying to identify a man uh, that they say got into the Mercy One Medical Center around midnight pretending to be the father of a baby. He slipped by a nurse, bottle-fed a baby at the NICU, and then he left. My work is done here. Uh, the family obviously is very frightened. Police say the man, seen on surveillance video, was trespassing, but what they didn't know is why he did it. Because it was there. A lawyer that deals with medical malpractice cases said the hospital has a duty of care to babies in the NICU and an unidentified person claiming to be a parent should not have been allowed in. Mercy One called the incident extremely troubling in a statement and says that it has since expanded security. So this guy just walked in, fed the baby, and left. That is pretty terrifying. Yep. All right, are we wrapping it up there? Yes. Ah. Yeah. Sorry, we got to keep ah. it short. I've been told in the interest of time... We will take time. I sound like Bill. Time. Of time. Time is the fire in which we burn. We'll take a break. Santa's got to go. Santa's got to go. We'll take a break. <laughs> take a break and we'll come back. Stay fun. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I forgot where this study came from, but or the at least this list, and it's the 16 overrated sexual acts of all time. I, I sent this, and you know what? It seems to be pretty spot on. Some of the stuff we've discussed before. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are things that are you know sound like a good idea, but proved to not be. But really, just not. No, because it doesn't work out. It's hey, straight ahead's a pretty good way to go. Do you know what you know? the issue is here too? Uh, the movies, the movies yeah. indicate. Oh yeah. The, oh, this it has to be awesome to do that that way. Right. And, and guess what? No. Not always. I have an inkling as to what number one is, but I don't want to say it for fear uh, of I don't giving think, it away. I don't think these are in any particular okay. order of uh, of most overrated. But what would you say? Shower. Uh, that's sex in watery places. Yeah, yes. okay. That's on here. And that's a movie thing, Steve. That's like, hey, sex in the shower looks so hot and sexy and awesome. And then you it's get not. in there and you're like, man, I just want to wash my balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's hot tubs, baths, and, and showers. Hot tub, too. That's not... No. Enjoyable. I never have. Any, I've tried that. It's already like that's the best part. Is like you know it gets warm. It's already warm. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, you're right. Okay. Uh, but it says that that it does include those, and um, it, obviously there's an issue with uh, you know water is not necessarily a great lubricant. No, no, it's not. Uh, but you can talk to our IT department if you want good tips on how to. <laughs> On how to maintain yeah. that and what sort of 3M product to use. They're not just IT. No, no, they're not only that, they're also uh, perverts. <laughs> uh, 
sex on the beach. I agree with that. That's gotta yeah. suck. I've never, I've never really even wanted to do that. No. There's no give. There's no. I mean, like try doing it on a hardwood floor. It's and like, I don't care how much lipstick you put on that shark. <laughs> yeah, still no. a dead shark. It's still no. It's uh. Well, you're it, saying sand itself, as far as maneuvering and using uh, using uh, leverage and so. I have, and difficult. it's not. It's it's. There's nothing to comp- I, I I didn't finish by saying oh we've got to do this again. No, do it so you can say you did it. But um... you know what though, everyone else on the blankets around us loved <laughs> it. They applauded. <laughs> Stood up with the kids. The kids, you know, the parents immediately put the buckets over the kids' heads. Uh, let's see here, porn style sex. It says here, porn sex is the Olympic of sex. Lots of uh, head. Ah! Uh, Where it's yeah, it it's says, done to extravagant lengths, yes. and it's just it sets it sets an unrealistic goal for a lot of people. Lots of head tosses, loud moans, constant flesh pounding, uh, more bad of ex- grammar than extreme, more of an extreme sport than sexual act. There is bad grammar. There is a lot of times, porn. absolutely. The, 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 the phrase I well, I can't say the phrase, but I always love the instruction of the act that's actually in progress. Yeah, do that. That I'm doing it. Yeah, dummy. Mm-hmm. Right now, <laughs> I just want the guys to shut the hell up. I know. I want everyone to shut up. Oh my god! No, I don't mind. There's some some girls can say some some nice things, but uh, but guys just like, shut cl- up. Clever haikus. And the guy behind the camera needs to shut up as well. Oh yeah. please, yeah. that's the yes. absolute worst. Yeah, dude, you shouldn't even exist. Uh-huh. You're talking about the point of view stuff. Yeah, where, where you no, th- no, no, the no. guy's I'm, talking. No, where there's two guys in the room. One guy's getting the action. The other guy's running the camera and says things. Yeah, you see what you're doing to him right there. Do more of that. Do you know what's worse, up, dude? The guy who's running the catering talking. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we got some real. bagels over here, by the way. Who's hungry? Yeah, we got some cream cheese and stuff. When you guys are done. <laughs> Uh, another one on the list is one night stands. These are uh, the, the um, most overrated uh, sex acts. Mm. How do you feel about that? I thought one night stands are pretty fun to tell you the truth. Really? Yeah. Mm. They uh, don't they leave you a hollow inside, yearning for love? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the bad part. <laughs> no, I always. Uh, I, back in the single days, I thought they were kind of cool. They were, uh, yes, uh, they enjoyable. But yeah. I, I realized I was looking for more, and that's why I entered the priesthood. <laughs> a friend of mine was this, you know, very proper, um, just, uh, you know, always did everything the right way. And one, in college, we, you know, just sat, we were sitting around talking, and she was like, well, I had a one-night stand before. And we were like, what? She had been with her boyfriend forever, and she was like, really? we, we broke up for a little while. She's like, I figured I should do it, get it over with, at least so I could say, you know, I, I did it. And, it, I mean, we were just shocked that her, of all people. Is she a proper person? Very, very. Okay. And the nine yes. guys she was with were all very proper <laughs> very as well. Proper. It was a uh, visiting Brazilian soccer team. I always thought one-night stands were kind of fun. Was there ever, ever uh, a one-night stand that didn't involve alcohol for you? Oh, no. Probably yeah. not. They're pretty hard not to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because it's a That's bar what hookup. They are. Yeah. I did. You know? Yeah, but you're not I a would, drinker. I would drink, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would use uh, acid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why does it say one-night stand? Do they have any reasons? Uh, there was a wide array of views on this. I guess some people had, had uh, written in a uh, comment on this. Some yeah, there are a lot of comments. Fun uh, one-night stands to be quick, easy, carefree, and hot. Others found them to be awkward. So, like, uh, here's a quote. It says, well, there's usually too much booze involved and weird the next morning regret. That can be a little yeah, strange. Yeah. I've had that happen. Here's another one that says, is she supposed to stay overnight? I don't want her to stay overnight. What if she stays overnight? <laughs> what was your maneuver, Preston, if, if you had... I pretended like I was vomiting. Did you? In the bathroom. Really? One time I did that, oh, yes. I remember oh, you told man. us that before. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I went in the bathroom and I made puke noises and I splashed the water in the toilet. <laughs> right. I, I would carry it so on through sick. to the next I morning. I go. I feel terrible. 
I would carry it on through to the next morning, and I get dressed up in my suit and the whole thing, and and uh, and say, now I have to go to my mother's funeral. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you got yeah. out of it. Yeah. Uh, you but, no, no, I need to be alone. But getting someone to leave, see, now that's the thing, though. If if you are, if you want a one night stand, if you, if you know good and well it's going to happen, and you're going back to your place, you have to be prepared for her to stay the night. That's all there is to it. It may be you, you, you kind of have to be ready for that. Don't you? Isn't the thing to do the gentlemanly thing to do? Wake up, make her breakfast, and tell her that you love her. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. But I'm sure I really love you. I'm sure like a Friday night one night stand has turned into a weekend of her just not leaving. Oh, I'll sure. guarantee you though, yeah. as times have changed, women now, statistically, we know it's the case, yeah. deal with these issues about how they dump out on the uh on the unattractive dude that they ended up betting down. Uh so another overrated uh sex act uh, would be orgies. It says on this list. Oh, they seem like they would be a lot of fun. It does seem like it'd be a lot of fun. I you're the guy in the corner of the bed not getting anything, just watching. Uh, the guy who's responsible for buying the beer? Yeah. Yeah. Where's <laughs> <laughs> that beer, Louis? Um, I don't know. Uh, to me, uh, it seems too daunting. I, I don't I don't think I have the confidence to, to be in a room full of, uh, you know, that many people going at it. Hmm. You know, I, I think, um, like, I'm fine with uh, Twister. Well, I, w- back when I played in the band, there were a lot of one-night stands and stuff like that. Well, you're that. a rock star. We ended up, I remember one time we ended up, there were six of us and, and all, everybody going individually at the same time. We weren't, it wasn't a Trading group. off? Yeah, it wasn't trading off. It chain. wasn't a group thing. But we were all in front of each other, and I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't a classic, uh, I guess... If you're if you're all writhing on, I assume a classic orgy is everyone yeah, writhing sure. on top of each other. Yeah, the classic, the way your grandparents yeah. used to do it. <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, press with the lights on or off. Uh, they were off, but it, the sun was coming up, so mm-hmm. it was light in there. That's beautiful. I mean, it was that late in the day or in the morning or whatever. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I don't know anybody who's ever been in a uh, a quote unquote full on. Or do you? I believe my younger brother yeah. has. I, I, my my really? younger brother was was L A. Rock, you know, right. doing stuff out there, and he. Um, he was he was quite the uh, the um, active person. I'm trying to think of an appropriate phrase that doesn't involve either the c word or something else. I know I know a homosexual man who has, he, and he's not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify, well, wait, what is it? I assume that unless you're wildly comfortable, you you there you know you have to have some some issues. I think if you have even like you know. It's it's got to be because uh, you feel like you're you know you're being watched and maybe that's narcissistic to say that everyone in the orgy is watching you right. right? <laughs> I don't know. You just got to be. I guess you got to go with the moment and it's got to feel like hey, we're all getting it on here and is this awesome? Don't worry about it. Isn't this yeah. awesome. There was this a, is so great. I hope there's more onion dip when I'm done. There was a guy when I was a uh, I guess a senior in college and he had a threesome uh, with with two girls and it was. Um, you know, it was one of those things where initially he wanted it to be a, a secret. And he was a, you know, he was a good-looking dude, but he certainly No wasn't. dude wants that to get out. Uh, well, I think he, just to protect the girls initially, oh, okay, like he did, right. I think because he wanted to do it again. Sure. Um, but, uh, and then eventually it took about uh, 14 hours and then everybody on campus <laughs> right. knew. But he, Once he'd bought billboard space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, everybody was jealous of that guy and it was, it was an impressive feat. All right. This is a list of the most overrated sexual acts. Some of them I'm not going to mention because some of them are kind of dumb, but um, sex involving food. I've never even considered that. Well, you remember the great, uh, well, the classic sequence from uh, Nine and a Half Weeks, I guess. Yeah. Where they, uh, and it Open was parodied the in uh, in um, Hot Shots. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then uh, Costanza would like yeah. he would eat sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. well, his, and, and his idea was that, hey, I love both of these things. Yeah. So right. Why not combine them together? <laughs> uh, no, I've never never even considered that. I mean, we and played around with like chocolate sauce before. Yeah. With those with even green. that's not great. That's, yeah, exactly. No. It's a little over. It's overrated. It's this list. Clam dip. Uh, sex in tight quarters. It says this would include cars, bathroom stalls, and coffins. <laughs> coffins. Oh, who the hell has sex in a coffin? No. Zombies. Cars, though. What about cars? No. I like it. no, you know what? Yeah. I, I think um, there is a there is a certain way to do it in cars. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you put the seat all the way back, and then you get on your knees. <laughs> wow. Jeez, that Kathy. Like, no, that's what he said. That's Kathy is well scored. Wow. Kathy, wow. Here's, here's what you do. This is why Kathy keeps... <laughs> I keep an Allen wrench in my car because you can take off the seat mechanism. You disable the steering column. You pop the wheel off so this way your ass doesn't get cut up on the uh, column. No, Casey has told Then what you do is you put the, you put the instep on the dashboard and you hold your hands on the back. Now, mind you, it doesn't hurt if you have some, like you can take hits of oxygen, pure oxygen. and, and snort. If you're snorting Coke, too, that's good. Oh right, Kat? <laughs> no, there's, um, I think, two ways. Now you put are... a condom on the tire jack. <laughs> <laughs> Two ways that are decent, and I hope at the beginning of this conversation, my parents mm-hmm. and my wife had tuned out. Yeah. Um, but backseat um, with a you know I don't know girl with a service on, man girl on top, and then um, front passenger seat um, girl on bottom. We, and wow, we're looking at vid- uh, go ahead continue. Um, and uh, is this yeah. to, is this from the motor vehicles? Do they provide this in the brochure we're seeing up here in the? Uh... I think so. That's AAA. Yeah. That's yeah. AAA. Yeah. <laughs> But then also... That's you, two asses. Uh, all right, passenger seat, uh, guy on top. And we then, got yeah, you. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm uh, trying, yeah, I'm yeah, trying. Yeah, yeah. Only uh, a couple of times have I actually done the full compliment in the car. I've done the other entrees. The, the meeting, going those. out to dinner, the whole thing in the car? No, I mean... Uh, oh, the full other sex. Stuff, I got yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but doing the full deal oh. in a car, I've only done it a couple of times. Well, what about a minivan? Is it is it even... You know, would it be better or possible or more doable? Yeah, because you can oh, kind definitely. of move the seats the down all together. Yeah, okay. But, uh, that sort of doesn't count. I've, I've had my, my, my share. I think they're, uh, but it's, uh, again, you. Uh, the more space, the better. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Hang on, I got go like to go to a warehouse. Joe's got an interesting story about getting out of a one-night stand. Let me go to Joe. Hey, Joe, <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing awesome, Kenny. How are you? Good, brother. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, uh, one time, actually it wasn't too long ago, um, I was uh, hooking up with this chick, and it's basically I've been it's an on on and off you know hookup buddy, and she wanted me to go hang out and meet her friends. That kind of wasn't part of the deal. I actually had my buddy Josh, who's my roommate, and he's listening right now. He uh, he called me up and we uh, he actually told me and we made this huge elaborate story that our house got robbed. Okay, and all, all my guns were gone and our TV was gone, all our computers. And this chick was, it was the only way to get out of this, but it was horrible. I felt did, bad did, for a minute. Well, you felt bad. Now, now did, and did that work? Was that effective? It was. Okay. I, I was out within a couple I thought of you were going to say you had your buddy call it as, as a pissed off lover. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. that would have worked that too. That would have worked too. <laughs> Joe, did, yeah, you, would... did you ever find out you guys lied about it? No, I'm probably going to hook up with her very shortly again. Ah, yes. Uh, nice. Nice. Make nice, sure you nice. replenish your pretend guns. They do have obviously the the easy one, but it's not necessarily for a one night stand. It's for a date. Is you have the friend call. 
Oh, well, now they have, now and they now now they have apps. apps, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll call you before you got on a date. That'll save you. If right. You need. In, in, in fact, you can even, there, there can be a pre-recorded message, so in case they can actually hear a little bit from the phone. Oh, yeah? Somebody talking on the other side. Uh, Sorry, we have end. to move on. Exactly, <laughs> like that. Right. Um, but that's a way to get out of a out of a first date usually, yeah. not not a one night stand. Uh, what else here? Uh, the overrated sex positions or sex acts. Here's another one: sex involving clothes ripping. Yeah, I've done it. Have you? Yeah. yeah. You like that? Uh, I was in a department store at the time. <laughs> <laughs> the Gap. So yeah, we were just tearing clothes. I didn't. No, in a I, I have. Once. I, I, and I was the 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 person I was with. I was dating at the time. Enjoyed that sort of hulkish. You know, really? Right. Yeah. But I, and I, I wonder if, and I had to say, you sure? I, I know that you like this blouse. Are you sure? I wonder if I if I ripped my pant, my wife's panties sometimes. If she would get pissed off at me or not because she really liked those oh, panties I would get and, I, and I didn't yeah. know. Well, I know you would. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know how expensive those are? But I wonder if I might just pick the wrong pair to rip. You know what I mean? Yeah, those, probably. Those were my favorites. Buy some rippable. <laughs> Buy some of uh, you know Lane Bryant. Big mofos. You know what? When I see it happen in the movies where the girl will rip the guy's shirt, I'm like, oh, man, now you got to get, like, all those buttons replaced. That's immediately where I'm like, I'm oh, sorry. On, I'm man. no longer aroused. Now right? I'm thinking of all the sewing I'm going to have to do. <laughs> but I do have to a shirt. To replace all of those buttons. I have a shirt that I just bought, I think, probably at, like, Old Navy or something like that. And instead of the buttons that go through the hole, it's yeah. the snap buttons. Yeah. So I've done that for my wife where I just... Wear yeah. that and yeah. a dickie. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Right, right. You'll be so hot. Look, hun, snaps instead of buttons. Uh, here's another one. Overrated uh, sex experiences. Uh, sex on a waterbed. Yes. <laughs> now, you were the only one, one here who's had uh, a mm-hmm. waterbed. I had a free-flow waterbed for ages, man, for the longest time. Did it mess up your back? Very difficult. How no. old were you when you had it? I got it when I was uh, probably 14, 13, 14. They were all the rage for a while. Was was that a draw for you to get uh, women? No. It sounded like yeah. it, but it's not. Nobody cared about it. Were they noisy? Yes. Yeah. So yep. when if you were doing it on the bed, would it sound like surf up? Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. That's so I cool. kid you not. Do it again. <laughs> Flapping around. And, wow. you could, and at, at points, it felt like it was going to... Like it was going to break. I mean, all that water is really heavy, and it starts floating around and smacking the side of the frame and all this stuff. You think it's going to just break. I did have that thing rupture eventually. Did you really? Sucked. I was obsessed with getting a waterbed probably around that that age, 14 to maybe through all through high school. I just thought it was the coolest thing. It sounded cool. Yeah. How easy? So when it it ruptured, was it? Due to physical activity, or did you simply get a puncture? I, I don't. I don't remember. Because uh, you, I mean, like, to, you like, like to you sleep don't, with you your don't know right away because um, there's there's a liner and it'll catch all that that uh, right. water leaking out. So I remember. Uh, Wait I a second. So the the, the water bed sat in a in a, like a box spring that would could could handle not the, even a box spring, just a box, right? A, a wooden box, and, and it would and catch there's a the liner. Water. There's a liner that that and uh, I guess the puncture was underneath it, and um, I remember I guess I was uh, changing the the sheets or something along right. the lines, and I noticed it was wet, and I'm like, oh great! So then you have to drain it, and blah blah blah. I was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> I was so glad when that thing was gone, but I had it for a long long time. But yeah, Steve, it seemed like it, it like ooh, I'm gonna get some chicks, man. Yeah, Tell yeah. Them I got a waterbed. They can't wait to check this out. <laughs> It's lame. It's terrible. It's like like what you said about being on the beach case. Right. It's just, it's, it works against you. It sounds sexier. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let me go to Brian. Hey, Brian, how you doing? 
Hey, how you doing? You guys rock. Oh, hey, All right, so you wanted to disagree with the waterbed thing? Yeah, so I disagree with you, Preston. I find that uh, if you get the right rhythm, it definitely helps with uh, with the act. Let me ask. Yeah, but you know what? I know what you're saying. If if there's a right rhythm, it'll 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 come back to you. The wave goes out and then it comes push it pushes back to you. Do you have to be a good surfer? But what if you want to stop? What if you want to go at a different <laughs> rhythm? Then you're a slave to that exact same rhythm every time. You know. Can you adjust the firmness of a waterbed by how much water you put in it? Not a little bit. It, it depends. It, by it, freezing it. Everybody had a and also a uh, half wave. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they, the, the technology came along eventually where you could have a waterbed and it's not quite like that. But Do they still sell them? I mean, I is know. it still? I, I don't. I never see them. I, I never mean, see them. Advertise. There's got to be some place that has it as a niche item. That used to be the the mm-hmm. sex dude's bed, yeah. Yeah, the exactly. water bed, or the round bed. Oh yeah, that's no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want that. Hefner either. had. Remember the famous round bed? What is this? I was just thinking surfing. more surfing song. All right, well, anyway, uh, there, there's a few more things on this list that, uh, like tantric sex. I don't know anybody who's ever actually. Sting is the that. only one I know uh, who apparently and will can go for six hours. That is. Far, far too much sex. And this is uh, from a woman's perspective, uh, sex with a, a guy who has a large, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. says that's uh, that's overrated. Stock portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> man with a large stock portfolio <laughs> is overrated. <laughs> and sex with the legal but young. Oh. Legal. That's just, that's, that's, that's creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not saying, uh, they're just saying somebody who's significantly younger than you and you don't, you know. Yeah, you're necessarily run- connect. With. Okay, yeah, I got you. They might not um, really have any idea what they're doing. Yet. Like a May December, you know, like a, yeah. like a really so like cougars a, are a fast age difference. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I just thought those were kind of interesting uh, uh, things to point out. As far I, as I, I think, think the list is actually fairly good. Yeah, there yeah, are some, some good things some on there. Salient advice. But well, you did say cougar, and notice that cougar's not on that list. Yeah, I so mean, cougars are sexy. Mm-hmm. I think this is more from a woman's perspective, but oh. but and that's why I think the sex with the legal but. Uh, it says here, right, I don't right. really understand old guys with hot young girls, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's what it literally says. <laughs> they just wrote blah, blah, blah. blah. Yep. Yeah. That's a lazy writer. That's exactly <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to come back in a moment. Stay right there. The new and improved MMR app is out. It's faster, better organized, yet fully customizable to your liking. Start poking around now. Fans of the Preston and Steve show, put their show page right up top. See the latest Preston and Steve t-shirt designs in the rock shop. Watch daily rush videos or want to hear Preston and Steve podcasts first? Totally your call. Look for Marissa's app hack videos to get the ultimate user experience. So update your app now and then customize it to make the new MMR app your app. There's a movie coming out. It's going to be officially premiering nationwide on the 7th. The red carpet of it. As Steve got dressed to the nines last night to go I had to. my finest McGurk's t-shirt on. Yeah. Uh, was uh, was last night at the Prince Theater, and a uh, great response from what we've heard so far. It's called The Words, and we want to welcome three guys who are responsible for this film. Please welcome Brian Klugman, Lee Sternthal, and Bradley Cooper. Yeah. How you guys doing? Great. Thanks for having us. No problem, man. Good to see you back here again, Brad. Oh, I love being back here. And listen, I have not met uh, Brian and Lee, and I got to geek out for a moment. You guys 
were responsible for Tron. Uh, uh, we were two Tron. of the writers on Tron, yeah, Tron, like at, the at the beginning. Beginning, yeah. I loved it. Uh, loved it. I was a total Tron geek. From, us too, man. Yeah, us too. When we first we came were, out. Oh, look at that. I, I tried. <laughs> look at yes, that up yeah. there behind you. Yeah, we have our you logo. You guys are yeah. nerds, huh? Yeah, we are. Total nerds. <laughs> Wait, what did you think about the ending of it? You liked it all the way to the end? Yeah, yeah. You did? I did. I liked it all the way to the end. Wait. I mean, I... Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, That's all us. I thought it was, that was all you? <laughs> but the battle, the battle between young and old bridges on the, yeah. on the bridge. You yeah, know what, though, though, Bradley, it's the one thing. They, they, as good as they get, they're right there with that CGI. There's still a little right. bit of doll-like quality. I was amazed with how good they nailed it. It's very close. Would you say that, in effect, The Words is the unofficial sequel to Tron Legacy? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very, very, much so. very and While we were Delighted. shooting it, I kept saying, I was like, guys, guys, we're doing Tron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one wants to say anything, but we're doing Tron. Without the, without the light racers, yeah. it's the same thing. It was well, the logical next step after Tron. Yeah, exactly. Well, Steve got to see the words last night, and he was... He was I loved it. ...describing the, the, the concept, and, and I've always dug the story within a story. Uh, we took it one step further. Depiction, yes, you did, from what I understand. <laughs> Another story. And, uh, and, We're and, gonna blow your mind. <laughs> that's... Are there times where you can almost kind of write yourself into a corner, and you're like, yes. how are we gonna get out of this, you know? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, actually, you're, you're trying to write yourself into a corner. Okay. I mean, that's part of the fun of it. You know, you get into the corner and then you try to get out, basically. Well, they, so, so There was so much visceral about this that sort of spoke to me on a couple of different levels. A story within a story within a story. Uh, and, and there are a couple of issues that, that were addressed that um, it has to do with the art of writing. And, and, and there's something that we've been talking about lately that you sort of come to terms with in the movie, which is sometimes... You find out in life that what you thought you'd be good at, you're not going to be that good at it. And and in fact, um, uh, you you play Rory uh, Bradley, who is uh, you know one of, in, in one of the stories. And your dad basically says, you know, it, an adult sometimes can assess themselves and realize I'm, I wasn't cut out for this, or I'm not that good at yeah, this. Yeah, you got to know your limitations. Because we see all these shows and these talent and these the voice and all this stuff, and there's so many people who suck and they don't get it. You know, no one's telling them. Everyone's telling them, yeah, you can do it. You do it. Sometimes you can't do it. You know. And it was it was it was a wild thing. How long? That, that, that speech actually from the father. That's actually my father. Is that really? Yeah. You know, it's I think it's a lot of people's father. I think that's it, all of our fathers. Yeah, yeah, you got that yeah. speech. Yeah. My father. I, whatever I did was great, though. I got the opposite. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, my pop too was always for every, except for when I went to grad school and it looked at how much that was going to cost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but he can't do this. So, yeah, he's yeah, like, good are. luck. Good luck. Yeah, as, yeah. as a dad, sometimes I think you you want to prepare someone for the possibility that you might not reach that goal and don't be too disappointed at that yeah fact that and i do happens. think it's an east coast thing too honestly there's something about like the practical side of uh, of the male mentality i know i grew up all that it was just you know just be practical yeah. Don't, 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 they you call, know. Well, like, your, your character is, uh, you know, your dad says it wouldn't hurt if you're writing and you have a job, too, at the exactly. same point. Mm -hmm. to, sort, to sort of to pay for things. And that is that is a practical edge yeah. to it. When you go into the, the entertainment business, everyone says to you, you have to have a, a backup. <laughs> yeah. A backup plan. A you got a radio yeah. voice, bro. Yeah, Good he does. Morning. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. No, you know what? I have a friend. He, he lives in L.A. right now. And, uh, and it's funny because I feel like he looks like a... Uh, he looks like you, Bradley. He's just a little bit shorter and a lot gayer, and, uh, and so, <laughs> so, and I'm like, well, that that kind of possible. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Oh, that's a whole new angle. I know that's it's kind of a cheer. Because when he told Thank me... Thank you for the breaking story. <laughs> when he said he was going to I use my radio voice to announce it? <laughs> Apparently the words are gay. Yeah. The, uh, no, but when he moved out there, I was jealous of, of his... Um, initiative to just go out there and, and take the plunge. And, and courage, out, and, probably, and courage, to yeah. just say, I'm going to try it. Well, this guy, let me tell you, this guy is the guy who did it. He dropped out of school. He got into Carnegie Mellon, which is a great acting school. One right. of the first guys to get into out of high school. They picked, like, two guys. He was there for a year, dropped out, moved to L.A., and, you know, I'm in my second year of college, and Brian Klugman's out in Los Angeles, you know, trying to make it happen. Well, just to clarify, uh, Lee and Brian, you wrote this, the script and co-direct, co- correct? That is correct, yeah. Right. And, and, uh, um, and Bradley, you're executive producer? Correct, Okay. Yeah. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're doing that, when you're working on a film and you have two directors, and you, you both obviously have a, a similar voice because you wrote the script, does one handle the more visual and the other the more visceral, or are you both well, on a par with everything? What we like to do is uh, Brian will walk. Another radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a totally different kind of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like WWDB. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brian will walk up to the actors and give them one direction, then I'll walk up and give them another, and then we'll just wait to see what happens. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Carnegie, Carnegie Mail in my ass. You guys have been friends forever, you know, since 10 or 11? Uh, yeah. 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 And, and um, how long, uh, for, for Lee and Brian, how long did you have the script done before you went to Bradley and said, I'd like to work with you on this? Long uh, time. Long time. We wrote wrote the script in uh, 1999, the first draft, and uh, we tried to put it together for a long time, and... about four years ago, we came to Bradley with the uh, with the script. He was actually at the first reading ever of of the project. Yeah, I just moved out to LA, sleeping on his couch, and uh, they were very excited because they got a great a great group of people to do the reading. Jack Klugman read the old man role. Oh Irons wow! Role. Yeah, and he was he killed it. So, yeah. how good of friends are you? Was it Bradley? Will you do this movie? Or okay, here's your next movie. That I you're tell him do. Uh, I make all his decisions for him. He's like my best friend, and uh, we we've talked to each other out of so many moments in Los Angeles of quitting, and uh, you know, and, and so we talk like four times a day every day. So I always knew what was happening with the project, and then like the four years ago, they decided to direct it themselves. They wanted to try to do that, and then uh, and then, then we, we just knew we needed somebody famous. Suffer through that. You do. You do have yeah. a, a great cast. You have Zoe uh, Zaldana, who's who's fantastic. Oh, fantastic Dennis Quaid, yeah. Olivia Wilde, uh, Jeremy Irons. Who, oh. man, that oh, guy. Man. That guy's mesmerizing. You want to talk a, about a radio voice? Yeah. A huh? large portion of the movie, it, a, a good chunk of it, is he's recounting. I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but uh, he's recounting a story. And you're acting. You're sitting on a park bench, looking at him. I was wondering as he's going on with that great voice. And this is Jeremy Irons. Do you have to say, "Oh my Christ, I'm acting. I got to remember to respond to this." I mean, we were we were like kids at a candy store because Brian. Because you have to understand, at the same time, my best friend is directing him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh my God. So he yeah. would like run over to me in between takes, and all we would really this talk is Klaus about Klaus von Bülow sitting there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's wild. Yeah. So, so but hey, to- he's incredible though in the movie, Jeremy. I mean, he. Uh, that scene is a, a scene that basically sits there at a park bench and a conversation goes on for a while, but it's like it feels oh. like it's it feels like it's energized. It feels like they're an action movie almost in some level. There's can, so much yeah. energy in it. I can tell people categorically because this is this is it's a it's a quieter film. But you never you never look at your watch. It, it, you're you're caught up in the story and it and it has there, there are many different levels to it. Uh, you know, as Preston was talking about, when you have story within a story within a story, how do you keep track? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, your continuity director must have hung yeah. himself yeah, I mean, or herself. I, you, do, you, do a, you do a lot of work beforehand. Yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot of preparation beforehand to make sure that everything's tracking. That. And we shot it in 25 days, which is insane, no for $6 way. million. Dollars. Wow. So, I mean, it was like, it was crazy. There was no time for anything. Yeah. How about that cast, huh? Hey, the, the, the cast crazy. is pretty awesome. And you also had uh, Michael McKeon, a little... Oh, little, yeah. Little, oh, little, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. David St. Hubbins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, I, I can't believe you got it done in 25 days. It was crazy. That's how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Take it easy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. One Movie. <laughs> wow. Now, now you see where the pecking order is. Uh, it's it's a beautifully done, visually. It looks. I mean, it looks. It's, it's almost sort of an homage to romantic movies. Yeah. It's very and romantic. It's a great score too. Yeah. Oh, the score. Yeah. Uh, no one, one else. No. Okay. One thing <laughs> that just died. One one thing that's uh, uh, that's uh, um, I love about it too is that you. The, you know, I did stand up for years, and at one time I went into a club, and there was a guy who was doing material he had stolen from me, and and you, your character liberates this uh, this this trans this uh, this uh, uh, novel manuscript, yeah. right manuscript, and basically just copies it verbatim and gets all the the credit for it, and and your the, the movie is also it's romantic, but it's about the I guess the choices you make and having to live with the repercussions of That's those right. choices. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. And and it's uh, and it's uncomfortable to watch someone go through what you're going through. Was did you have anything you drew upon personally that? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, I like made that? a lot of bad choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and dealt with a lot of rejection. Um, so yeah, it was it was easy to relate to. To it. tap into uh, that, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, not. I mean, the one thing that I didn't relate to. I've, I've, I'm like many of us. We love the experience of of creation, right? And he, that's what he robbed himself of. The major thing. But I'm so glad you said that because what I loved about the script was it's not so simple. It's not an ambitious guy who will do anything to get to the top. No, it's not that at all. It's a guy who's actually a talented writer who's just impatient, and his wife looks at him for the first time the way he's always wanted her to, and he's just not mad enough to say that's not me. And he falls into this pit, and then he's got to get him sure. And then it snowballs. Every away. one of us could be in that situation, and you have somebody, a loving wife, look at you. I, I mean, won't go into the specifics, but we all know we could fall prey. Yeah, to that. yeah, and that's what makes it human. Well, I want to ask you about being patient, then, because with you guys, with a, a script that you've been sitting on since '99, like I love the the HBO show uh, Project Greenlight. I thought it was a fascinating look yeah. into how a movie gets made or doesn't get made. Yeah. And and so, when did you guys shoot this? And and, and once you got Bradley on board, or even before, like how difficult was it to get everything done that you needed to get done? And then obviously you had to shoot it in twenty five days. Uh, difficult. Yeah, it's not easy. Right? Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to make any. Well, there's make that's the shortest project green light in history. <laughs> <laughs> we shot it last summer in Montreal, which was great that we found Montreal because Montreal mimicked you know Philadelphia, New York, Paris in the forties. It was in Paris know. present day. We had to do all of it uh, in twenty five days, so we shot it in Montreal. Gave us everything we needed. Awesome. As uh, you guys writing the script, you're going. You're dealing with someone who's you know liberated stuff, and, and I mean, uh, writers block ever an issue for you guys. Do you? I mean, do you sit there and, and look at the? Because to me, that that has to be such a daunting thing. If you're a novelist, to look at the the computer and go, I've got nothing. Yes, writers. I think. Block yeah, yeah, yeah. An issue. yeah. I mean, I th- yeah, you know, you're. I, I think you try not to think of it that way, right? You know, you just try to think that you're. When you can write, you write, and when you can't, you know, steal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just have a they, what's, that, yeah. what's that quote? Good artists copy, uh, great artists steal. Yes, uh, yeah. Right. Steve Jobs responded to that yeah. one. Yeah. I have a quick question, just about your long-term friendship, because I, I um, too have decades-old friendships, and I hold a, a lot of stock in them. And I too, I'm an average-looking guy, uh, and I have really, <laughs> That's a really, 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 really good-looking best friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Make no mistake about it. This guy's a stone cold killer. Is he really? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always like, oh, who's your friend over there? No, yeah. no, he's uh, no, he always wins out. Honestly, <laughs> does he open up. with uh, my great uncle was Quincy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a killer. It's a killer. It's a killer with, it's a, it's a killer killer with, with the under twenty five set. Yeah. <laughs> I loved your great uncle, man. Uh, By the way, you you you're in the film. You have a little little cameo. I do, and yep. so does Lee. He's got a couple yeah. of cameos. And my in mother, there. my mother's in it. And Bradley's yeah. mother is in the movie. Where's where does your mother pop she's, up? She's uh, when they do the Cheers with J.K. Simmons. Oh, I don't know if you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's she plays the mom. J.K. Simmons is he's awesome, great, by the way, and what and what a good dad. He's he's yeah. uh, he played Jameson Parker in the uh, Spider Man movie. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's awesome. Old Juno. I, I know these guys have to move along, but I don't. I try not to get into your personal life, Bradley, but I. Why not? Question. Let's talk about it. I, saw this. I was like, when are we going to start talking about my personal life? Well, I need to see if this odd fact about you is true or not. Do you wear a size 14 shoe? Um, yeah, pretty much. God damn, if you Dear look Lord. good, speak French, and have a huge dong, I'm going to blow my goddamn brains out. Are you kidding me? I was just going to ask how hard it is for him to get shoes. Yeah, it is. Hey, oh, hey, Bradley, leave something for us, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Hey, and as if he, it doesn't get any better than Bradley Cooper, I saw on live yesterday with Kelly. I think it was yesterday. You rescued a dog that has no teeth. Is that right? Oh, Charlotte. Yeah. Your... Did I show that she had no teeth? Well, I think you, you said no, something. No. no. <laughs> but like, that, that was the dog really on the street? And you yeah, just she rescued was, her. Well, dog? no. Uh, this uh, website, MuchLove.com, MuchLoveDog.com, they rescue the dogs, and then they have these things like on streets every weekend in, in like Santa Monica. So I found her there. But yeah, they found her in the streets of Compton. Yeah. You wow. love you love this so dog. Cute. I was, oh, I was yes. reading about yeah. Yeah. And the, the rescue stuff. Too much, really. I love it. <laughs> it's a little sad. In, in, a, in an ungodly way. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bible specifically forbids it. But yeah. Well, that's up to interpretation. <laughs> well, listen, gang, the words are going to be opening. they do the photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Now that's such a weird, weird I don't angle. like it. It's bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the words is going to be opening on uh, September 7th. And, uh, you know, Steve, you said it's a, it's a I love it. Film. I mean, it's yeah. it, you know, if, if you if you uh, want to take a break from explosions and, uh, and a lot of stuff, and, and it's it's it's... I don't want to say a chick flick. It's not a chick flick. There, there's, there's a lot going on. You have Olivia Wilde in it for Christ's yeah, sake. So come on, that alone is, is good reason to see it. But I, the, the, the story, the dialogue, it moved. I loved it. It's it, terribly it, romantic. It too, is yeah. in, in like a cool way. Awesome. And if you have a good uh, t-shirt on, and you, you know, <laughs> Steve's still embarrassed about I, his dress. I felt like a total. I thought, you, I, thought, I thought you looked nice. Last Thank time. you. <laughs> well, I had some weird bomber jacket on, and it was like eighty degrees. <laughs> yeah. sweating. You can do that. You can do that. I don't know. But you're the star of the movie. It's okay. If You're you in the goddamn movie. I thought you looked terrible. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, well, Bradley, we're, we're still very... Philadelphia is very proud of you, obviously, and, and we appreciate you coming by here for a few minutes. Oh, this is, we're looking at the picture yeah, of was, Casey. Was, Last time Bradley that's was here. You. That's, that's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you see that, Clark? That's unbelievable. Uh, but uh, thank you, guys, and, and uh, Lee and Brian. <laughs> Best of luck. Thanks. We appreciate it, guys. Give some love to him, everybody. Hey, Brian Bradley, we appreciate it. And look for the words, like I said, coming out in September. So funny to walk down the halls after the sexiest man alive yeah. uh, is uh, is in the studio. See the um, dress-up factor and the uh, yeah. ladies <laughs> yep. that you never even see in the building all of a sudden. And I, Hi. hearing things like, uh, I mean, literally, I hear... Uh, so, you know, he walk right. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You know, I mean, like that <laughs> He's type so of super hot. That, <laughs> He's that, so hot. 
That was me rounding the corner. Oh, yeah. and it was Steve oh and his McGurk's tea. Listen, Kathy had dreams about him last night. Did you? I, yeah. I did. I had like a radio dream about okay. him and um, Preston. When what you was were, he doing with that radio? Well, no, when you were bringing him on, um, I was, I was, I said, um, what, oh, what was it, Casey? I said, oh, uh, and the two magic words, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> that's that, what I said. No, that's what I like. You oh. were introing him, and and I like cut in, and I said that, and I think, and like I woke up, and I was like, oh God, please tell me that didn't happen. <laughs> no, because I would have hit you with my chair. Oh, could you? Yeah, I, yeah. But I mean, you would have wanted me to. But, but that's not, that is not something I would ever no, do. So no. when I woke up, I was like, wait, okay, it didn't happen. He didn't come in yet. He's coming in today. Yeah. And Casey's like, you have to say that. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not like you. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to tell him. I'm not like you. You're not awesome? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Tell you what, nice guy. He's so yeah. nice. Genuine he's so guy. No, yeah, stop yeah. that. <laughs> Just a nice dude. And uh, I appreciate that. You know I mean? Because... It's so easy for somebody to go off on an ego, and you you just don't get it from them. Well, you watch uh, Lee and Brian, too. These guys are, yeah. uh, they they write the hell out of a script, and uh, the movie's directed brilliantly, and, and um, it's cool that they're from the area. Yeah. You yeah. guys got bro hugs on the way out, too. Did I did. I got, I, got, I got double bro hugs did from you? Bradley Cooper. He said that you're far prettier than Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> he said that? Yeah. He said, Son of a bitch. No, you know what he did say? He said, uh, I'll be back in November. Oh, cool. He said, I'll come back by in November because he's got another movie he'll be promoting. So that's good. We're back to being BFF now. Yeah. yeah. We never stop being BFF. <laughs> the, the, the trick is, is his that schedule's busy. We got to make sure we, we edge out a big chunk of time. You know, between the time he's doing a, an interview with Highlights Magazine and uh, Town Talk, if we can squirrel away a couple extra minutes uh, and spend some quality time with Bradley, uh, that's what we'll do. I think well, that- when 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 the promo train is underway, it's hard for anybody to get it's a certain hard. amount of time because they really they're trying to spread the word. And they're trying to get the the movie marketed, and uh, when things slow down a little bit, it's a little easier to. Spend it, some it's time true. With. It's true, and and it's it's definitely a movie you should check out. You'll definitely enjoy, it, especially if you are if you have any bit of romance to you. Man, we tried so hard for camp out last year to get him to come. I bet you, had he been in the area uh, with some time available, he would have done it. He just said he's coming back in November. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's when the camp. All right, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing? Bizarre file. We Let's... sound like uh, you with, uh... <laughs> who was the, uh, we had the, the, the occupier, I remember, brain fart, that you're oh, love with us. Yes, Lindros. Yeah, oh, we veered into that territory. <laughs> we want you we want back in Philly. We want you back in Philly. Should we play that again? Can we hear that? Yes. Do we have to? Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we hear that? I don't know If what you it's... want to hear a man crush to the 10th level. I, but I'm, I'm going to play it. I know. I'm, I'm going to play it. <laughs> But I just want to say that uh, this is how I sounded, but uh, <laughs> never mind. What were you going to say? That it was chopped together to, to exaggerate. Yeah. No, I was not. It's edited. Yeah. No, I was I was going to implicate Nick McElwain. Uh, <gasps> because he he was the one, after I said all this stuff, Nick followed him around and, and had dinners with him and, and drinks with him. And True. Followed, and followed him all around town. He was um, a little more jock sniffy than Casey. Was. Uh, not followed, was invited by right. Eric to attend certain dinners. The reason show. that your head ended up in his pants was purely coincidental. Mm-hmm. I'm texting him right now. But we'll forever have this. You have his phone number too? His phone? <laughs> oh, man. I never thought Eric Lindros would be calling my phone. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I have to apologize. 
apologize to Eric because um, we're kind of around the same age, so uh, I don't know what it was, but uh, you know, I, I sort of fell in love with you a little bit in a totally gay way. Uh, I don't know. You, you do that to guys, Eric. You do it to dudes, man. I don't know what just happened here, but it was uncomfortable. Jeez, uh, these things happen. I mean, that's never yeah. they're going to happen. And, um, you know, there are some some ways to uh, to possibly uh, uh, stay away from uh, from them occurring, but they will occur from time to time. So you're you're in Toronto now? Yeah, awesome. yeah. We want you back here in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Casey just shot himself. <laughs> oh well, there we'll you go. Back in Philly. <laughs> We're gonna take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Stay where you are. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. Prestonandsteve.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Steven's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Steven's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. In all the years of doing the Bizarre File, I think that uh, this is probably the most received story uh, that I've ever got sent to me. Because people will send stories to me yeah. that they see online and say, hey, you might want to add this to the Bizarre File. This is the one you've easily received the most. In in the time that the story came out to receiving it. So everybody sent me this, so here you go. Okay. In a new case study, Irish doctors report the baffling case of a 33-year-old man <laughs> who injected his own semen intravenously for a year and a half a self-developed cure intended to treat his chronic back pain. So he was injecting himself with his own semen in hopes of curing his back pain. With a needle. With a needle. Yeah. It was already in him. Uh, it does not appear... Yeah, exactly! It was already in you, you moron! It does not appear to have worked. After reportedly no. injecting semen into his arm every month for 18 oh, months, my. the man Goodness. finally sought medical attention, but not for his arm. The patient instead complained of severe sudden onset lower back pain, having lifted a heavy steel object three days beforehand. Do you know how when you're a kid you mix, oh, I'm going to take uh, toothpaste, I'm going to mix it with Lavoris, yeah, and I'm going to yeah, cure yeah. cancer? Yeah, yeah. That's what this guy did. During his checkup, the doctor found a patch of red swelling on his right forearm. And oh, that's my semen pus. After which the man admitted that he'd been injecting himself with his own semen using a hypodermic needle that he purchased online. What? Did he say what he predicated this concept on? No, he didn't. Uh, this time around, he had injected three, quote, doses of semen entering both his blood vessels and his muscles. Yes, right, right into the muscles. He was going deep down into it. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, it doesn't work if you don't go right into the muscle. The doctors at uh, Adelaide and Mental Health Hospital in Ireland said this is the first reported case of semen injection for use as a medical treatment. Uh, and it was. We in, recommend you also stop the poop toothpaste. It was in a case study titled 
seemingly harmless back pain and unusual presentation of the subcutaneous abscess. Oh, my God. Uh, the swollen region grew and hardened around the area on his arm where he'd injected his semen, and an X-ray revealed an area of trapped air beneath the man's skin. Uh, the doctors immediately hospitalized the patient, treating him with an intravenous antimicrobial therapy. After the patient's back pain improved, he discharged himself. Uh, the doctors. It was just this is part of the treatment. Uh, the doctors performed a search of the medical literature and beyond, revealing mm. not a single case of intravenous semen injection for back pain. So I assume they gave him a plaque or something. Uh, after dutifully reporting the first ever case of a man injecting himself with his own semen to try and treat his back pain, the authors offered a warning. They said it's dangerous. For the untrained to perform intravenous injections on themselves, especially when they're injecting things that aren't supposed to be injected into veins like semen. Well, you figure, right? Yep. So I uh, just thought I'd pass that along. Wow. I may do that again in the next Bizarre file. <laughs> you never know. All right. A couple caught having sex in the woods while smeared in blood, surrounded by a circle of chanting women, were taking part in a bizarre fertility ceremony. This is in England. A four-year-old dog sniffed out the daylight sex romp in Hawksworth Woods near Leeds, which is popular with families, dog walkers, and runners. And obviously Satanists. A group of three or four onlookers dressed in matching cream tunics and swimming cap-style headgear oh my God. were chanting in a foreign language as a couple had sex on a plastic sheeting. Now the semen story uh, seems normal. The dog, Kai, was being walked by his owner, who asked not to be named, when he ran in through a gap and in a couple of uh, fence posts into the woodland. You guys playing cards? Uh, sh- uh, the, the owner said, Kai disappeared, and I heard what I thought was shouting and swearing from the woods. I went into the woods, grabbed him, and I saw two people completely naked on a white plastic sheet. I know what this looks like. The woman was laid down flat on her back with her arms and legs out like a snow angel and with her eyes shut. The man was knelt between her legs, praying and chanting, and they began having intercourse. A dead black crow-like bird was beside the pair, and the man daubed some of the bird's blood into the woman's forehead. Do you guys know where the baseball field is? Uh, Kai's owner grabbed her dog and left the wood <laughs> and immediately telephoned her friend to come and help her. Uh, the friends, uh, two friends quickly decided to visit a nearby school, a, a grade school, because they were concerned children... Uh, leaving their lessons could stumble upon the sex group. I see you guys are busy, but do you know if you can use drones in this park? Uh, locals were amazed at the brazen antics in the woodland, regularly used for cross-country runs nearby secondary school uh, as a playground for younger children. Uh, police stepped up patrols in the area. I would say so. Since oh, we have a picture of her with the dried blood all over her face. No, that's Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah that that's, was... Uh... That's not... Uh... I thought it looked like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> mm-hmm. A Texas woman was arrested this week after police say she shot... And killed her boyfriend last month while posing for a Snapchat. Autumn King, 20 years old, was arrested Monday. And police say she killed 26-year-old Eric Charles Allen while he took a picture of her posing with the loaded rifle. Uh-oh. Uh, the couple were inside their home when, uh, with uh, two children when the shooting took place. King told detectives that she was posing with a rifle and aiming it directly at the victim who was holding King's phone for a Snapchat photo. Uh, she then she said that's when she accidentally pulled the trigger, shooting him. Uh, she said that they were trying to be like Bonnie and Clyde, and that she thought that he was Bonnie play- and Clyde died in a hail of bullets. That he was playing at first when uh, he hit the ground. Mm. Uh, but I think she was talking about taking pictures with guns. Oh, oh. An autopsy report confirmed that Allen died from a gunshot wound. The manner of death was ruled a homicide. 
Uh, while King told investigators that the shooting was accidental, police recovered a photo from the scene uh, which contained a video showing the couple arguing minutes before the shooting. Uh, according to the report, King and Alan were arguing about cheating on one another. She was charged with manslaughter, so we'll see what ends up happening. And then one last story. We'll end with this. A Taiwanese woman was stopped at a customs checkpoint on the island of Kinmen after returning from a visit to China. Coast Guard officials were conducting routine inspections when they noticed a woman was walking awkwardly. Well, they found she had 24 gerbils strapped to her legs. <laughs> what? And they were covered by a skirt. Uh, she claimed that she was smuggling uh, them for friends and had purchased them at a pet store in China. Durable smuggling. Officials believe that she was sent by a smuggling ring to test out inspection procedures at the port. Didn't this stuff start with Jerry Panicoli? Uh, the 60-year-old was charged with violating the Infectious Animal Disease Prevention and Control Act. Ah, and the animals were euthanized. Oh, uh, what did they do? Yeah, 24 gerbils, exactly. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. Let's take a break. Stay with us. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Medical marijuana. It's all natural. It helps millions of people. And it's legal in over half the states in this country. So if you're ready to try medical marijuana, Verahill is ready to help. Using Verahill's online platform, over one million patients have qualified for medical cannabis recommendations. Over a million and more every day. Ready to discover if medical cannabis is for you? Go to Verahill.com, where you can learn the legal status of cannabis in your state. Browse a vetted library of information about the plant. Communicate directly with state-licensed doctors to answer every question you have. And learn if you qualify for a medical marijuana card. All online, private and secure at Verahill.com. V-E-R-I-H-E-A-L. Verahill.com. The cost is reasonable, but you only pay if you qualify. And a portion of proceeds goes to the fight for cannabis justice. Ready to try it? Verahill is ready to help. Verahill.com. As America's largest injury firm, we have advantages few others do. Our results and reputation are well known to the other side, and we have a track record. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and probably other places. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's happening, Steve? Well, Paris Hilton made her, her first performance as a DJ during a concert in Brazil over the weekend. Hilton apparently worked the partying crowd into a mad frenzy with them chanting, Please go home. <laughs> oh, my God. Porn legend Jenna Jameson was officially charged with DUI after smashing into a pole last month in Orange County. Ironically, Jameson considered the accident sweet revenge for all the times poles have been smashed into her. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And finally, infamous Long Island Lolita Amy Fisher is buying a brand new home in Florida, priced at just over a million dollars. 
said Fisher, quote, I never take my good fortune for granted, and I realize I would have none of this without attempted murder and stripping. <laughs> wow. And that's your Hollywood trash. Where's she gotten all her money from? Uh, porn. She's done a little bit of porn. She's done yeah, some, I know, but she's, she's, how, how much was that house? Uh, just over a million. Dear Lord. Celebrity yeah. boxing. Yeah, well, She's I'd... done, she's, you know, she's... She works like the Damon Fellman type stuff. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's a lot of money. I, didn't I know. know she was making that much money. Steve forwarded me this story. Uh, very wild. Uh, but apparently, Stephen Hawking, you know, the physicist, the uh, genius that he is. Yes. Uh, is One of the great <laughs> thinkers of all time. Is reportedly a regular at Freedom Acres, which is a sex club in California. <gasps> He goes like a swingers club. No, like like a uh, like a well, like a brothel, right? Yeah, well, or like, maybe it's like a strip club. It's like anything goes in California. Yeah, it, in it's California. more like a strip club. Yeah, but, because but that's you, illegal, right? But you can, uh, yeah. But I'm, I think. You know, well, Casey, you know, like the Philly Jacks Club. Yeah. I don't know that that's allowed. But it, it, well, because you're not paying for that. You're not paying for the service. You can get it. Yeah, I don't listen, know what he's doing. If the club, right. here's how it works. At least in California, if the club, and this is how they get away with the sex. If the club caters specifically to physicists, yes, then yeah. they can do it. Well, I think yeah. this, is, this is like a strip club, sort of. But anyhow, it says a member of the club says that Hawking shows up with a harem of nurses and assistants. Oh my God. And has naked women grind on him. This has been reported by a number of different sources. So this isn't just like a, a um, you know, hearsay. The word is he shows up and sort of takes control of the place, comes in. I mean, this guy, and God bless him, yeah. you know, for, for what he's able to do. But in his decidedly vegetative state, right. is doing, I mean, he he was cheating on his first wife with another woman. Yeah. The way he is, the way you see him. All I know How is, do you do that? I saw a picture, and I, I thought it was Photoshopped. It looks so ridiculous. But he but he does it, and he's a horn dog. Yeah. Was it a picture of? It's a picture of him sitting in like a chaise lounge with two chicks in bikinis right next to him. Nice. Yeah. That's probably at the place. Uh, wow. Even though he's wheelchair bound, it says the physicist still gets down with the ladies as his staff watches over him. Uh, and Stephen isn't ashamed or abashed. He even uh, takes time to pose for pics, apparently. Is that wild? And, uh, and they, how funny. You know what? They say the, his clothes stay on. The word was that Einstein was was a, um, a poontang king yeah. and that he had slept with Marilyn Monroe. Einstein what? did? Einstein. I Where did you hear that? That's why. The wild. word is that Einstein slept with Marilyn Monroe. It, it's considered Hollywood lore. Well, she was really into, like, smart, smart guys. Yeah, okay. Uh, she, she, uh, Arthur Norman. Miller. Yeah. Uh, who wrote uh, 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 Death of a Salesman. Yeah. So yeah, she did like the brainier types. Well, apparently this is uh, this is Stephen Hawking's thing. We have some audio. I'd love to hear it. You know, what I, is this? It, up? It's a little arcane. It's it's him at the club. I don't know how we got this, but okay. you can you can kind of hear it. Let's see. Let's see if this will work. Why do they always talk about their kids? What a boner killer! <laughs> wow. Why do they always talk about their kids? What a boner killer! <laughs> I didn't think you said kids. Yeah, I know. I couldn't uh, quite tell what that was. Oh no, you, you know, you know how the the equipment's inaccurate. Uh, yeah, it, it almost sounds like someone just wrote this down on a Mac and is using the speech to, and, which is. But I got another one here. Just give me a second. You know, it's it's hard because these clips are. All right, all right. Here we go. Here's another one. This is him at the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're only doing this to put yourself through college. No, show me your muff. <laughs> 
Huh, he's a little vulgar. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah. Well, yeah, listen, he's at a gentleman's club. You're, You're right. supposed to sort of talk like You're that. You're only yeah, you gotta play the game yeah. to yeah. put See, yourself through college now. Show me your muff. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Mm. All right, yeah. Uh-huh. You, you want a few more? Yeah. Right. Sure. I mean, you know, these, these clips came kind of raw <laughs> is the story I'm going with. <laughs> hey, baby, if you give me a handy, I will get you handicap parking. <laughs> <laughs> If you get me a handy, I'll get you handicap parking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, right. he's, he's bartering. I mean, and that's what you. He knows how do. to work it. Yep. Yeah, sure. He's Who smart. Is your daddy, bitch. Can he drool like me? <laughs> Who is your daddy, bitch? Can he drool like me? Oh, wow! All right, we got some more. If yeah, you, I, I want to hear, hear them all. <laughs> all right, they're they're all keepers. All right, here we go. Oh yes. Take my hand and slap your ass, you filthy, <laughs> slutty whore. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take, my Take my hand and, and slap, slap your ass. ass, you filthy, slutty whore. He can't do it. Uh-uh. He can. You want another? Yep. Yeah. All right. You got two more left here. All right. All right. Right from Stephen Hawking himself. Whoa. Time out, Trixie. Daddy just made a boom boom in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Time out, Trixie. Daddy just made a boom boom in his pants. Huh. He's got issues. You know, medical sure, issues. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is the last one. Physically. He's, uh, obviously, yeah. he lets his hair down, so to speak, because he does get a little vulgar. Mm. Holy crap. Your cooter smells like a slaughterhouse. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> Holy crap, your cooter smells like a slaughterhouse. But but he, um, <laughs> you know, this, this is something that we've heard for a long time. The whole yeah. initial thing of him, he's cheating with the nurse. Yeah. And the wife. You know, uh, how do you do that? Just logistically. That well, I guess you'd have to be brilliant. Right, right. You'd have to be that brilliant to pull that off. All right. He wasn't always in the wheelchair, right? No, but for the most of his life. How old is he now? He, he got he he got uh, the disease when he was in college. Okay. And th- did it just quickly take it, hold? It, it, it slowly. Pretty okay. well. It, uh, he, when was he completely wheelchair bound? For the time that he got it. Oh, I'm not sure. But it came along when, where he he, had, he could speak for a long time, and it, it slowly uh, started to affect him. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually he got to where he couldn't speak at all, and then that's where he got the uh, uh, the software and the computer hookup and all that stuff to use it. But I remember seeing old footage of him uh, teaching a class, and he seemed, you know, incapacitated. And when he would speak, it literally it sounded like this. Oh, yeah. But all his students... Knew him so well that they, they, could, understand they could understand him. No way. Like you could, it literally sounded just like grunting and moaning, oh but they could understand exactly what he was saying. Wow, well, he's a brilliant mind. He and did the uh, the vomit comment too, right? He yes, did. he yeah. did. Yeah, loves the ladies. Maybe he'll take some. I mean, that'd be the place to have some strippers. But him, you're up in the vomit <laughs> comment. He can move around I mean, all he wants. No, he couldn't. What they were doing is they were actually pushing him back and forth because he has, I think, the only mobility or, or the only thing he's really that capable of moving. Are his eyes, and that's how he speaks. He looks at the letters, yes, wow. and the computer identifies what he's looking at, and that's how he speaks. Yeah, puts together like their series of phrases and stuff like that. But apparently, he's out, uh, he's out getting some, or at least whatever he <laughs> at can the get. strip club. Well, good for him. Go ahead, horn dog. Did you guys see uh, Ben and Jerry is removing the fortune cookies from his new limited edition ice cream inspired by New York Knicks sensation Jeremy Lin? <laughs> they had fortune cookies inside. What? what because of racism? Uh, yeah, it says yeah. The, the flavor called Taste the Lin Sanity. Originally, it was made up of uh, vanilla frozen yogurt, honey swirls, and fortune cookie pieces. <laughs> But the fortune cookies will now be replaced with waffle cone pieces. Well, so uh, really, I mean. <laughs> 
Are we being a little overly sensitive about no, his heritage? No, it's kind of dumb that they put in Of course it's dumb, but, but who cares? It's ice cream, and the dude's Asian, and guess what? Some Asian people eat fortune cookies. So do Americans. But you, you know what's going to... You know. Sure, you, I get it. And I, I agree with you 100%, but the truth of the matter is everyone has got a huge stick up there. But he's, he's, he's Taiwanese, right? Uh, he's Taiwanese-American, and he's he, he's Christian, and he went to Harvard, and, and he's a good basketball player. But this is not like what ESPN did, which I think, was, was post uh, something that said, there was quote, a, a chink in the armor. Right. That's a that's a derogatory term. Right. Fortune cookies are a delicious treat. And they belong <laughs> My in kids love cream. them, man. Yeah, Here, here's what I would say. Oh. Ben and Jerry should have done the thing of go to him and say, ask. Ask him before you release yeah, right. fortune cookie. And look, <laughs> the eyes on it are slanted. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, for you. Just to cover your ass if he comes out and says, because I do, I agree, I love fortune cookies. <laughs> Well, how, by the way, how come they don't make larger fortune cookies? I would agree with that. I mean, they get too goddamn small. Yeah, yeah, they are tiny. Do you know that? The, do you know that the flavor behind them? I think you got to eat a hundred of them. It's a, it's a lemon flavor. Yeah, yeah. is it really? Yeah, no. I never really noticed that until I saw really a little documentary on how they make fortune cookies. <laughs> and the fortune cookie is made from a lemon derivative. <laughs> now we go over to taffy. <laughs> are they uh, even Chinese in origin? Or well, that's what American? I was They're wondering. Polish. Yeah. Are they Polish? They're they pierogies. They were, they're pierogies that were cooked too long. <laughs> pierogies that were cooked too long. <laughs> they don't make them in China. Can we, can we send these to China or something? Where, where do they make them? Uh, or where do they originate from? Origin. As far back as the 19th century, a cookie very similar in appearance to the modern fortune cookie was made in Kyoto, Japan. Huh. Uh, apparently, they are absent in China. They're not a part of uh, of Chinese. But you get them Chinese, at Chinese food. restaurants, right? Traditional Chinese food. That and corned beef and hash. Wow. <laughs> they do have wings at Chinese restaurants, but I always I, I like buffalo wings. For, at least buffalo mine. Wings? Yeah, my my Chinese no, restaurant. Buffalo. Buffalo. No, wait, 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 wait. No, I've I've had like barbecue, but they have actually buffalo wings. I guess uh, buffalo sauce is different than barbecue. No, sauce. you're absolutely right. I know that. Well, I'll now tell you I'm what. Second guessing what I just said. Are we learning here? Yeah. The fortune cookies come from Japan. Yeah. Originally, and then to China. Huh. Marissa has come into the studio. This must be important. She's oh a no, Chinese I just have chef. someone else say. I thought it was funny. I had a misspelling during my fortune this weekend. What I can't it read that it's, from it here. It says uh, you have the ability to analyze something, any problem, but analyze is A N A L Y S E. L-Y-S-E. Annalise. Annalise. Any problems? I wonder if anyone spell checks fortune cookies. Well, you know what? Down on Route 1 here, when I drive home from work, there's this, um, it's an Indian restaurant, and they're... American Indian or... American... No, 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 no. Um, I'm sorry. India. Uh, India. um, uh, Cuisine. (laughs) And their entire um, awning sign had misspellings all over it. And you're talking thousands of dollars worth of investment. It said, fine dinning. All over it. Like, it said fine yeah, you dinning. Were, you were all over this when you noticed it. I, I, I know. And for some reason, it didn't quite click it. with you, but they fixed it. Well, which Finally. is a better story? I don't know. Marissa's misspelled fortune cookie <laughs> or your awning. Hmm. Probably the, the awning. awning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's out for public display. Oh, yeah. I would it, imagine. That was a private thing between Marissa and her fortune cookie provider. Right. But you go uh, drive down Route 1. They they fixed it. They've gotten patches, and they've patched oh, over the fine dinning. And now it, now it says, says coom in for fine dining. <laughs> <laughs> So anyhow, they're gonna, they're going to change the uh, uh, putting the the cookies in there. Hold on a second. Let me, oh, go ahead. Let, me, let me go to Vincent here real quick. Vincent, how you doing, man? I'm good. You guys rock. Thank hey, you, man. What's going on, Vincent? Good, so I just wanted to let uh, you guys know that they actually make a uh, fortune cookie maker. You can buy it like Target. Really? So so hey, uh, that's kind of cool. Can you make a larger fortune cookie? 
Uh, I don't know if it's larger, but you can make multiple ones at a time. I wonder if when fortune cookies come out, I've if, seen they're, them made. if they're chewy, if they're like um, Here's, soft batch. Here's how they're made. They, it's actually, it's almost like a little pancake. It comes out in just a circle. Really? And it's and it's malleable. It's it's soft and movable. And they have this little thing that they just, basically you just lay it on and it folds up and there you go. You get that fortune cookie shape. But so when does the fortune off, go in? Uh, they, they, they just they, set it on top? They set it on top and then they hand fold it. And it's just, it's wow. like, like, if you've been to Annie Ann's and seen how quickly they whip out those pretzels, yeah, yeah. it's like that. It's just bang, 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 one after another. I'm, I'm a wealthy businessman, Preston. Yeah. I don't know if I have time for... To do those yourself? Yeah. yeah. Well, hang on a second. Let me go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, Jeff? All right. The fortune cookies actually originated in California in the early 1900s, and they're associated with Japanese restaurants. Huh. Then during World War II, nobody wanted to be associated with the Japanese. They switched the cookies over to Chinese restaurants. Okay. Can you so, uh, can you check into that? That, that seems to have some, some credibility there. But Nick. typically, yeah. Jeff, then it's considered an American thing then. Yes. They okay. do not have them. I spent time in Taiwan, and they don't know. They call them... Um, American cookies. Them, <laughs> but yeah. No, they, they good luck cookies is what they call them. Good they luck cookies. They don't have them there. Yeah, which, uh, thanks, by the way. Um, Interesting. And, and I'm always... Fortune cookies, they have turned into... Philosophical cookies. Inspirational yeah. saying. Right. Yeah. And that's it's not really a fortune we, as in yeah. this will happen to you. Achieve your... With happiness, you can achieve your goals. Yeah. It's not a fortune. No. A fortune is... You're going to get hit by a bus. Right. It might not be a yeah. good fortune. I'm a fortune teller. Yeah. Right. That, that dark spot in your x-ray is alarming. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a fortune. It's not like happiness will bring you joy. Right. Fold I, your laundry. Right. Really? That's, that's what they've turned into. Yeah. I, you, you will be killed by a bear before 5 o'clock today. Let me go to... Uh... <laughs> Oh, my right? God. That is, That's you may fortune. not want your Here's fortune. Here's what's going to happen to you. Yes. Yeah, a discerning fortune cookie eater will know that you're going to get the bad with the good. Let me go to Scott. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Good, what's up, man? Nothing. Uh, my girlfriend, her parents, uh, they actually own a Chinese restaurant. Yeah? They're in a partnership with it, but they have buffalo wings. They have pizza. They have all kinds of American food there. Okay. Uh, it just, it doesn't taste right, you know? It's not like the normal pizza place that you would go to. Okay. I'll tell you what. I always Thanks, order man. the wrong thing. I'm always thinking that I'm ordering something else. I, a I Chinese like, restaurant? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, you know, I like the chicken. I don't know. I, I always order like Hunan chicken, but I want to like, meatballs. Or I order like a Kung Pao chicken. I don't know. I never know what it is. I do know I do like water chestnuts. And I always ask for water chestnuts in my meal. <laughs> 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 he got like a crazy thing for water chestnuts. I don't know what the hell is. He's got like a, I don't know, he's a very uh, chilling. Yeah. And he always thought it's a Swedish meatball. Yeah. He's kind of a dick. So, uh, <laughs> so you'll you'll look at the at the name on the menu and not really know what it is, and just go ahead and order it. I look for the little chili pepper on the side of it to indicate that it's spicy. Don't they, all have, can, don't they all have pictures? Can't you just look at the picture? Yeah, and, the that? Picture, and the pictures sometimes are of, of dishes. Those pictures were taken in 1954. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. Yeah. So Eisenhower was you know, the uh, you run the biggest risk with a with the Chinese menu if you just oh. You, you know, you need, you need to know what you're getting. I used to always get the General So chicken. Because you'll, you'll get a giraffe head in, in right. chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is this? It's what you, you order. You order the giraffe head in the chocolate syrup. Really? It's on the menu. Yeah. It's, uh, just, uh, it's, uh, did you see the picture? <laughs> Number 42. What does that look like? It's a giraffe head. And uh, what, that's uh, all the chocolate syrup all right <laughs> 
I don't just, like the name of my Chinese restaurant. It's called Garden China. I feel like it should be called China Garden. Uh, Country Garden is where I go. It's, really? That sounds just a dyslexic guy on like it. Like a Chinese yeah. uh, restaurant. No, it doesn't. Country Garden. Yeah. So, I can't uh, eat Chinese food. What? what? No, it's scary. Why not? It, it, it scares Religious me. reasons. Oh, because you're afraid it. Uh, I don't know what mystery meat of I, some sort. Not even that. I mean, I don't really think they're using dogs and cats. But <laughs> do you want to know? I don't know. I just don't really like it. Do you want to know how to judge a really good place? I love if, it. If the if the um, the chicken that they use in their broccoli and chicken is the same chicken they use in their chicken chow mein instead of that rubbery chicken, oh. then that's a good place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because and and conversely, if they use the cheap grizzly chicken chow mein chicken in their chicken and broccoli. Wrong. Yeah, anytime I've gone and, and I'll get something kind of grisly, I won't go back to that place no. anymore. In fact, one of the most desperately horrifying bouts of food poisoning I ever had was from a Chinese uh, oh, restaurant. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well. I had yeah. ordered chicken lo mein. They gave me pork lo mein. I ate it anyway. The pork was bad. And uh, Jesus Christ. You know was, what they said? I mean, like, they said, they said we got to get rid of this pork. Yeah. So <laughs> the next time yeah. this chicken. Yeah. Chuck this into the dish. And then I opened we up the bag. Stuff. There was a giraffe head in it. Right. <laughs> Kathy, that Chinese food place is across the street from the boathouse in Kanchi. Uh, it's actually there's... pretty good. It's on the corner of, like, I, see, what is that, I, I first even, or something I don't like even that? know where the Chinese restaurants she are. She doesn't even consider we don't, it. No, because <laughs> I never go there. What's, uh, what's, what's the, the big chain uh, place? Plum oh, Payway. Pay no, 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 no. Plymouth Meeting Mall. Um, P.F. Chang's. P.F. Oh, Chang's. Yeah. It's the same, oh, yeah. same company. That's where you need to go, Case, because it's described specifically what each dish I'll, is. I'll tell you what's, what is my favorite of, of, that, of that ilk. I like Japanese steakhouses. Okay, oh, yeah. so then I got one for you, uh, and this is a cheap plug. But uh, Margaret Kuo has a place in Wayne, and she she's uh, good. And she has uh, downstairs uh, is Japanese, and upstairs is Chinese. So you can take your pick when you go there, and and it's like higher end Chinese, uh, Kathy. So you might actually like that like as well. It. You know, they were viciously warring factions. Are they have they made peace at the restaurant? Well, no. Are, I mean, are there battles that take place on the stairs? The people that work on the first floor <laughs> never go to the second floor, <laughs> yeah. and the people why the are you second, going up there? They got samurai swords and stuff. <laughs> Hang on, let me go to uh, let me go to, to, to uh, Bill. He has a very interesting fortune cookie that he got one time. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man. I was, I was in a Chinese restaurant, and the uh, fortune in my cookie said that wasn't chicken. <laughs> You're lying. Nice. Back to you, Preston. Thank you, Jim. I do there like are, that. Somebody though, needs to put those in. There are novelty fortunes. There's a company that does make novelty yeah. fortunes. Oh, yeah? In okay. fact, that's exactly what uh, Helen wants to talk about. Helen, how you doing? Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Helen? Hey. Hey, this Helene, and uh, yeah, I bought my friends, all the ones that I love, misfortunate fortune cookies for Christmas. And you, they're bigger than normal fortune cookies, and when you open them up, the one said, you dress badly and you will die alone. <laughs> I love Good that. Lord. There's, uh, we opened up another one, and it just simply said, F-U, with a period. Okay. Uh, I, I, I have to get those. Regular fortune cookies, do you, and do you like, do you like the Chinese Thank you, Helen. Uh, I love Chinese tea. Uh, you know what? Yeah, the, when you get a Chinese tea and fortune cookies, it's yummy. And I put a little bit of sweet and low in it. Never That's had Chinese tea before. You never had Chinese tea? Well, I mean, no. You're kind of. I mean, no. There's a nuance. There's a nuance to my answer. No. Well, no. Then I started thinking of that yeah. stupid Snapple commercial where they're like, what is white tea? Oh, it's tiny uh, tea leaf. <laughs> you know that commercial? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, well, I've had white tea. I'm like, is that you? No, I don't know. <laughs> so, no. Oh, my God. The answer By is the way, no. Casey right now is on our HD channel. If you want, <laughs> if you want to hear the full if story. If you want to hear the full context. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking out loud. Back to you, Preston. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, Casey, yes, tea is is kind of the it's what you're supposed to drink with uh, with Chinese food. Oh, I mean, it's a traditional. Drink. I love it. I, I love, love Chinese, Chinese tea. Drink. Yeah, but anyhow, 
Uh, you ever have fortune tea? <laughs> it's hard to read because the thing, the, the stuff runs. It's now. Long. <laughs> you know, my Chinese restaurant always gives me a, a oh. can of soda with my meal. What? For, yeah. Yeah, I just not boy. Without it, it just comes with the meal. Yeah, yeah. drink a yeah. soda, monkey. Frank's. <laughs> and they, they Frank's cream soda. They, they give you a Frank's cream yeah. soda. You don't even ask for it. Well, I mean, I get to choose which soda I want. Oh, okay. I go with Frank's cream soda. I just thought they just put one in there. Yeah. Yeah. Drink this now. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you order a soda and they give it to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I get to choose. A soda comes with my meal. I get to choose which one. I, oh. I go with Frank's. They have Shasta and Welch's and I get like you know some of the other stuff. Well, all right. So you'll RC. order you'll order uh, Frank's soda. I don't order it. <laughs> I get my meal and then it's like um it's like when you go to the dentist after they fill and they bring filling, you soda. And no and you get the prize in the in the treasure chest. The soda is like the treasure you chest. You get a prize at the dentist? Well, sure, when, you're, when, you, when you're dressed as a seven-year-old, you do. <laughs> this uh, That slow kid who had a, a head injury or something, he's coming in later on. When you're a kid, yeah, so they'll give you a little prize or something like that. <laughs> but Casey, a soda comes with your meal. It's like going to McDonald's and getting a, uh, you know, a meal, uh, one of the meal plans. Wait, wait, right. What do you think a, the soda captain should come out? We have a wonderful tab in this year. <laughs> um, Here's a cream soda I recommend. Let me go to... <laughs> What's, what soda is best with lobster? I recommend a Pepsi. I'm going to go to Kenya. <laughs> Hi, Kenya. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Hey, I just wanted to agree with Kathy. Like, Chinese food, I, I can't stand it myself. It doesn't agree with my stomach. I, since a little kid, I was, I, I think I tried shrimp fried rice or chicken fried rice, and it just didn't agree with my stomach, and I can't eat it. <laughs> I love you have to. It's chicken lo mein. I could it's, eat. It's a great thing about America. You but don't really have to. No, you're not compelled by law. <laughs> they tried to for a while. You remember the, the Tory party was all. But we feel left out. The rest of you were. Uh, right. But the thing is, people wrongly believe that Chinese food calorically is good for you. It's not. No, it's, not. No. it's, it's crazy. Worst. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that back in. Uh, like the eighties, they were they were oh, putting yeah. that as a as a very Chinese food, healthy food, and it's uh, yeah. calorically it's Here, over the top. Have some fried man. rice, some fried pork, and some fried soda. Right. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your giraffe head. Enjoy your f- <laughs> fried soda. <laughs> uh, back to the fortune cookies. Let me go to Jim here. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, uh, my wife and I we eat a lot of Chinese food, and we were uh, last week we had some friends over, and you know, we get to the end of the meal, we're opening our fortune cookies. And, uh, you know, it's some of those philosophical ones. And then my wife opens hers, and it just says, don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> yeah. I like don't that. Panic. There's a robot in the room. There's <laughs> a robot in the room. Uh, yeah. So, of course, I, we're like, don't panic about what? What you just did? What's going to happen? It was just, don't panic. <laughs> if they had a sense of humor, they would have laced your food with arsenic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just to drive it home. Mm. And now I want fortune cookies. I want fortune cookies. Chose. Send someone down to Chose and get fortune cookies. They don't Chose. have them, but we can go They've to Pay They've got to have them. You think? I, I bet you they have them. I bet what, fortune have. cookies downstairs? Yeah. No, Just a bag so. of them. How often do you eat Chinese food? Um, and I don't know why the hell we're talking about Chinese food. Well, we, yeah. we started with the yeah. um, uh, Lynn Sanity ice cream right. that had fortune cookies in it. Uh, every other week. Yeah. Every other? Wow. Yeah, that's often. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's... It's a go-to. But the kids uh, do you like feel like cooking too? dinner? No. All right, let's get Chinese food. Kids like it? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so so that's that's no, actually, my son Carter does. He loves uh, the dumplings, which I've always called pot stickers. Well, he's got an adventurous sa- uh, sense of taste, too. He does. Yeah. And uh, the other kids, they, they do like fried rice and stuff like that. So. He puts butterscotch on his giraffe's head. <laughs> I actually, I get like um, 
a craving, big time craving. I, I don't eat it as much as you press, but when it comes around to, it, I'm like, man, I, I, I got, I got to have it now. I got you to have it. Got to have it. Hang on, wait a minute. With this, water. Chips. I need to see if this is uh, a personal opinion or if this is ranked. Let me go to Bruce. Hey, Bruce, how you doing? Good morning, everyone. You guys rock. Thank you, Bruce. What's going on, man? Um, I just wanted to point out that we in the Delaware Valley are fortunate enough to have, as per a meeting of the Chinese Restaurant Association's boats, the number one Chinese restaurant in the United States. Which is? Yang Ming. Yeah, I've been there. It's on Haverford Road, and number that's like one number one Chinese restaurant yeah. in the country. Wow! Absolutely, Yang Ming is part of a. Uh, it's like a small chain. There's Simpson and uh, Chestnut Hill, and he's not uh, lying. A few others, but at a recent uh, convention of Chinese food restaurant tours, Yang Ming was voted number one in the United States. Out of wow. wow! Was this done in? I never heard of this. Yet. Was this done in secret? Uh, no, it was all over the news. <laughs> And right. now we pick number Thanks, one restaurant in the United States. No, here's uh, Nick just pulled this up. It says number one Chinese restaurant in America, voted best in the nation at the 2011 Top 100 Awards in San Francisco. Fantastic! I've Son I've passed that place, but have never gone in there. Huh? You it's the one it. with the big giraffe on the uh, yes, right? <laughs> no, it's like a whole <laughs> of chocolate covered giraffe. In. <laughs> Terrible parking. Go light on the Bosco. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to, we got a number of calls coming up. I have, uh, Gene. Hey, Gene, good morning. Hi, Casey. Um, did you pronounce it General Tso's chicken? Listen, I don't <laughs> freaking care. General Sal, General So, General whatever, well, based, bud. Based on, based on your pronunciation, A-O is O, you would have to pronounce Chairman Mao, Chairman Mo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me now. But, you know what? No, you got on a bad day. I have been curious of, because people pronounce it different ways. I've heard We've General Tao, General yeah. Sal, General So, General Hospital. And I pronounce <laughs> it like three different ways. It just so happens that this morning, Gene, I, I pronounce it General So. I personally, I, I on purpose kind of mumble it because I don't know exactly right. So I'm telling you, General's high and shaking, and they, they'll know what you're talking about. Can you, can you drop down a rank? And, and, and Gene, what, what is the proper way? Well, it's like Larry, Cho, and Curly. Larry. Cho. Yeah. No, it's it's Tao. So is it, wait, Sao? Tao? Sao. Sao. T-S. Sao. 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 But you know, you, I think you'll sound pompous if you go into a, I'll have some general Tao chicken wing. Thanks, Gene. But you know what? And and I know comedians have pointed this out before, and it's the God's honest truth, because the place that I call to get my Chinese food, it does not matter. How much I'm ordering, or what time of day? Ten minutes. Ten minute. And and it's and the guy says it like that every time. Ten okay, minute. Okay, ten minute. I'm like, wow, that that's pretty. You gotta love that. You know why? Because and we, I love watching Chinese uh, chefs because the the pots come out, the stuff's getting flung all over the place, mm-hmm. and then. It's in a little container. Do you like? Go, do you guys like going to Hibachi uh, yeah, j- Japanese? Been a I long love time. that. I haven't. It, where fun. is one around here? There's one at the Plymouth, Plymouth Meeting Mall. Mall. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. one right down the street here too. Let's go. There's I got. You know what though? My one complaint with those is that the, their tables are always so goddamn hot. I know. You got to be yeah. careful, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I put my cell phone down on it and melted. <laughs> <laughs> you think they could do something yeah. about that? What do you? It's with this table. Do you know what? Some of those places... Not enough to cook on. We were at one of them, and I forgot. There's there's Benihana. There's uh, Hibachi. Hibachi. And we yeah. were at a Hibachi one time, and uh, 
the guy, you know, they used to, they would flip a shrimp up in the air for you and you catch it in your mouth. The guy said they were sued one time, so they stopped doing it. Because oh, it was too hot? No, because somebody threw their neck out. What? Uh, yeah. oh, trying try to catch oh, a, a, a shrimp and they flick it over. I, like, I would have slit that dude's throat. You complain because you... <laughs> Because you cock your head back too fast to get the shrimp. Yeah. I hate people. You knew it was coming. Did they make a uh, onion volcano for you? Oh, yeah. They love the cool. onion volcano. Cool. Yeah. And they do the uh, Chinese egg roll or, or Japanese egg roll, and they roll the egg down onto yeah. the... I know all the jokes at this I point. Went to, I went to one with my uh, grandmother one time, and she asked... There were some uh, Chinese characters on the back of a plate, and she asked the chef, what does that mean in Chinese? And he looked at it, and he said, made in Cleveland. And it <laughs> floored the table. Uh, Kathy, you know what? We should go over to Pei We or Pei Wei, however you want to pronounce that General so. safe way. So. Um, that is a nice safe way to introduce you to Chinese. That's food. the same chain as uh, PF Chang's. Chang's. Yeah, yeah. It's the the express version of PF Chang's. I, I, there are a few limited dishes that I think you can get on board with, Kathy. I've, I've had it before. The, the chicken, I just don't the, feel comfortable eating it. What's the uh, the, the crusted chicken? The um, General Sao. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know what you're talking about. Know, that's sweet good. The, the Japanese, there's a Japanese version. I don't know. It's, it's chicken cutlet is what I call it. <laughs> Japanese chicken cutlet, but it's really good. <laughs> and, you know, and they love when you really take the time to learn. the. Uh, oh, yeah. Can I have one of them Japanese chicken cutlets? Yeah, I'll get it for you. <laughs> so, Kath, it's not that you don't think it doesn't taste well. You just don't trust it. Uh, I don't really like the taste of it either. There's like one, like they said, I've, I've tried like one or two chicken dishes, which are okay. I, I just would never, there are so many other places that I'd rather eat than Chinese food. Okay. Right. Well, anyhow, you don't have to worry about the uh, that uh, ice cream anymore because they've taken the fortune cookies mm-hmm. out of it, the insanity. Ben and Jerry's. All right, we can take a break. Yeah. <laughs> Stay right where you are. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.